Blog Talk Radio. Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Radio show. Joining me as always is new Larry, Kevin Jank. Yep, I'm here. And Mike Dell, we were never lovers. I faked that <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> yeah. I made an. I was hoping that would be the line that you quoted from this film. Because <laughs> that was clearly the best line of the movie. And <laughs> there were some good ones, I, but yeah, that's. <laughs> Mm. Our uh, my my spiritual advisor, personal attorney Tuffy, is here as well. Tuffy, I hope you make a note of that line for uh, next year's uh, Golden Case Ideas because it really was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think she's just ripping off the naked gun with that one. <laughs> oh, I don't even there was. Oh, I guess there was that line in Naked Gun, which came yeah. out first though. <laughs> yeah. Uh that was like '87, probably. So oh, okay, and then yeah, they did just <laughs> yeah. rip it off. But anyway, uh, yeah, later tonight we'll be uh, reviewing another Andy Sedaris classic, Hard Hunted, from 1993. Hard Hunted. We're actually getting close to the end of the Sedaris run. Uh, I think there's three left after this for Andy. And then his son made two other ones that we'll have to watch. And, Jank, this is going to be sad news for you. I believe there's only one more movie after this called Fit to Kill that has Donna in it. (laughs) Huzzah! Our long (laughs) national nightmare is almost over. No, 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 no. <laughs> The peasants are rejoicing over here. <laughs> we're big, we're big pro Donna over here. But uh, all right, so that's later <laughs> in the show. We'll be reviewing Hard Hunted uh, by Andy Sedaris. Uh, until then, I, I don't yeah, know. I never, uh, uh, go ahead, Tommy. You didn't really introduce me, so I missed out on. Um, <laughs> so our little hummingbird oh, oh, yeah. becomes a whore. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I wrote that one down as well. That was great. I, I don't even remember that one. Our little hummingbird becomes a whore. When did it, when did they say that? Like, is this a phrase I'm supposed to know about? That was like, pretty early out of the movie. Yeah, it's oh. when they first realized that that Mika had stolen the stuff. Oh, okay. And yeah. Back, Kane was like, "Oh, our little hummingbird becomes a whore." Yeah, and not only uh, Kane in previous film, Doer in uh, Doer Die, Kane was played by Pat Morita. Yeah, yeah so, it's not Pat Marina anymore. <laughs> in this not movie, at all. the character of Kane is played by Roger Moore's son. <laughs> That's a completely different person. <laughs> like, no jive. That is Roger Moore's son. We'll talk about it later. Wow. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So When you're looking for a replacement, it's good to change ethnicity and go about 30 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> Only the genius of Andy Sedaris could come up with that. <laughs> All right. Um, so here at the top of the show, though, um, maybe we should discuss this Vince McMahon stuff in WWE, Tommy. Because uh, yeah, sure. SmackDown, we're recording this Friday night. SmackDown came on about an hour ago, and I watched it. But, uh, Tuffy, you are my, my personal attorney. You are a lawyer by trade. 
So maybe you could explain what's going on here with uh, Vince McMahon and the WWE. Would you like to break it down for the people? Uh, there are allegations that Vince McMahon and Jim Laurinaitis, uh, John Laurinaitis, John Laurinaitis, John Laurinaitis, um, I don't know exactly what they're accused of, but sexual harassment, inappropriate workplace well, behavior sort of thing, banging people out, or, that's what people are getting off, I don't about know, this. technically, all that's being investigated here, people are like running with this thinking, oh my god, he's a horrible, he's done this horrible thing. Actually, the only issue at the moment that's being talked about is that he had a consensual affair with a paralegal who worked for WWE. Now, uh, this is the shady thing because she had a job there making $100,000. They start having sex. He starts paying her $200,000 a year. Okay. And when, uh, they t- when they ended the relationship, he paid her $3 million to not talk about it and signed an NDA. All right, so now that money, because uh, Vince is the CEO and everything of WWE, but that money was his personal funds. It wasn't from the company, although the company was paying yeah. over $200,000. But that $3 million was his personal money paying to a – and keep in mind, this, is hap- this all happened in the last two years. So Vince is – Yeah, <laughs> wow. You understand? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting God it done. Bless him. <laughs> I know this is what people are like outraged. Like, this is going to cause their ta- their stock's going to tank. This company's dead. What are you talking about? So Vince McMahon, this is so on brand for Vince McMahon. Like, this is who he is. 76 year old. He's just yeah. done. You know? It's like, oh, yeah. Hell. And, and this isn't him, like, uh, sexually harassing her. It's a consensual relationship. Now, but I don't understand why would he have to pay her $3 million not to talk about it? Because he is still married to Linda, his wife, in, on paper. But they don't even live in the same state. Like, they, they haven't lived together oh. for many years. Um, so it's not like <laughs> anyone thought they had this big loving relationship. So I don't understand why he had to give her money to shut up about it. But then how, how the board of directors at WWE found out about it, I, I think, was because a friend of the woman sent an email to them and told that she was mad about it. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, okay. I don't understand that. My, my big concern now is I hope Vince gets the $3 million back. You know, come on. <laughs> you can't just take the $3 million <laughs> yeah. from Vince and then open up this can of worms. <laughs> that's a contract. Yeah. So now, okay, so that's the main issue at hand here. Uh, because I guess WWE and their corporate bylaws, they have rules about, you know, like most companies, you can't give someone a job for sexual favors and stuff like that. <laughs> so uh, that's a problem, yeah. you know. But, uh, again, it's not like an 18-year-old, par- a 41-year-old woman, and it was a consensual thing. She doesn't say that she was ever harassed or anything like that. It was just, you know, whatever. But then why the $3 million? Uh, that's, uh, that's a big question I need answered. But also... Do you think there's, like, an with- infidelity clause in their, like, prenup or something? Oh, that, that, could, be a good, that could be a good one. Yeah, I, I doubt it, though. Because Vince and Linda have been married for so long. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the prenup would even have been, like, a thing back then. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> they've been married since, like, the 70s or something. So, uh, uh, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the other issue, though, that Tuffy may have been uh, referencing here is that when they, the board started looking into this case, they found other NDAs that were signed with other women. Oh. So, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be a problem. But no one knows what those NDAs are. <laughs> Or, you know, what's it, like, is it because he was sexually harassing uh, someone? Or 
I, you know, who knows? But so this whole investigation, I guess they're having now. So Vince stepped down, and replacing him as CEO is Stephanie McMahon. She's back. Because remember, she took that leave of absence a few weeks ago. Now she's back. <laughs> that lasted so, a long time. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, so Barely got the information out of this. Vince, Vince is still in charge of creative, though. Yes. As, yeah, as far as I know, he's in charge of creative. Yeah. It is Which is why he opened the show tonight by coming out and just saying, hey, I think you're all great. I love all the fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, people thought, "Oh my God, he's going to come out and retire. He's going to step down and for you know and go away." No, he comes walking out like a boss and <laughs> looking like a badass, yeah. so happy and smiling. You know, walking like a billionaire strut he does. And he walks down to the ring and he just says, "Hey, welcome to SmackDown. I love the people here in Minnesota. You guys are great." <laughs> and it's like, and remember our tagline: WWE. Uh, what, what is it, Tuffy? Uh, then, now, forever. Uh, then, now, together. forever. <laughs> yeah, and then Always get an NDA. Yeah, so then he just I mean, Mike and walks out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> it was badass. <laughs> I like yeah, it. Fucking Vince. I appreciate yeah, I know. I, didn't want, I guess people thought he'd come out like, oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. No, fuck that. He's a 76-year-old man. He was getting it done, and he came out here. So that's right. I'm apologizing for anything. apologizing for my dick still working. <laughs> I know. Because Tuffy, as you mentioned, he's my personal friend. Uh, Tuffy, when we do this, when this happens with me, uh, we we don't. I don't. I don't require the women to sign NDAs. I usually just give them a fake phone number and move on. But you usually step in and say, "Hey, now we need to be classier about this." You send them like a gift basket or something. But uh, I mean, yeah, we I'm never not really to right? cut out hand sign an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> it should. It's seen a lot. <laughs> it's seen a lot. But uh, yeah, so Vince, man, I don't know because people think, oh, he's done now. He's because also Vince is also in a legal dispute with Oliver Locke. Are you aware of this one, Tuffy? No. All right. So when Vince McMahon brought the XFL back, he signed Oliver Locke to be like their Roger Goodell to run the whole league, you know. So and he gave him a contract yeah. worth twenty-four million dollars. And it looked like the XFL was going to be something. Like those first few weeks, it was actually entertaining. People were enjoying it. They were selling out stadiums. And then uh, oh, the pandemic hit, and the XFL died. <laughs> so the XFL Ooh, died. For the yeah. time. So Vince uh, says, hey, well, I'm not going to honor that contract with Oliver Luck. So he fired Oliver Luck. He said he had cause to fire him. And, uh, you know, he, so he just says, I'm not going to pay you the $24 million. And Oliver Luck says, I didn't do anything wrong. You can't just not pay me the $24 million. So they're in court now over that, and it's going to go to trial here in a couple of weeks. So there's a lot on Vince's plate about all this fucking stuff. Yeah. For 76 yeah, I would expect him to be paid even though there is no league anymore. <laughs> you get paid to run a league that doesn't exist? Well, I, I guess he signed a contract or something. I don't know that said, you know, you're going to get $24 million. So I don't know. I don't hmm. Yeah, it, it would seem like he shouldn't be able to get it. But the, the crux of yeah. the argument now for Vince because he's tried a couple different ways to get out of this contract. Now the big thing is that uh, Oliver Luck, who, by the way, is Andrew Luck's daddy, if you don't remember Andrew Luck and all that, he said, hey, uh, you can't sign. We don't want you signing players that have problems in their back story. Like, you know, we don't want people who've been arrested or have been in trouble. So make sure you do background checks on all these players. And Oliver Luck signed some wide receiver who had problems in the past, legal issues. So Vince is trying to use that as a reason why he fired Oliver Luck. But – Oliver Luck signed that guy like two months before Vince fired Oliver. 
So it's kind of like um, he, he's grasping at straws here, trying not to pay the $24 million. <laughs> but, Yeah, but he's got to have some documents that show that he knew all that before he fired him. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to you uh, months here for Vince. Yeah, I don't know how long this investigation in the WWE he, Yeah, so the WWE thing, I would assume as a, like the McMahons, do they own a majority of the the shares, or I don't know how that uh, all shakes out exactly. Vince owns by himself, he owns the majority. Like, he owns enough to just, like, he has all, I, I, someone explained this, I read something about this the other day, but, like, he could sell a bunch of stock, and he would still have controlling interest in the, like, the voting controlling interest. (laughs) Like, he's pretty much locked in there. Like, he's always going to be in control. So, yeah. He yeah, going I would on. imagine uh, the issue is that um, they probably have a policy about, you know, supervisors and subordinates and relationships. Yeah. And Vince, especially as a CEO, if he's giving people benefits that he's supervising yes. is a problem. That is a problem. And a breach of his duty the, the to the, the company. Yeah, the CEO of a company cannot be having sex with someone who works for the company and then giving them more money from the company as a reward for sleeping with them. That's bad. That's very bad. He can't be doing that. So, But uh, I don't think it's going to be like he's going to be stepping down or giving up the company or anything. Uh, we'll see. Um, I think this is all just a dog and pony show to just, you know, whatever. And, uh, like, Stephanie, they brought her back. I would love for Stephanie to run the company because uh, Vince – it's just like an old boys club there, him and Kevin Dunn. And then when they brought in uh, Johnny uh, Laurinaitis there, like, Laurinaitis is a creep. And uh, there's always been stories about him being inappropriate with uh, female wrestlers and stuff. So um, when they brought him back, it's kind of like Vince kind of minimized Triple H and Stephanie, and he brought back his old buddies. It's like, yeah, let's just run this show, like, because we're 76, and we're going to run this fucking, you know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing? He's again. <laughs> yeah. So, uh I would like, hopefully, John Laurinaitis gets fired again. Get him the fuck out of there. He's a bum. And I would love to see Stephanie just run the company, hot fire Kevin Dunn, bring in her and Triple H run it. Triple H books the creative. She runs the company. That'd be great. And there is a conspiracy theory, of course, that <laughs> if you have to get into the conspiracy weeds with this, that maybe they're, they're orchestrating all this to finally get him out because he would never leave the company. <laughs> so Stephanie and Triple H. That's small if they're doing that. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're – yeah, I don't agree with that. Good. I'm glad that Jank has the thundercloud ready to go on any instance. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think that's happening here. I think it's just Vince being a horny old dude. He got in trouble. But, uh, yeah. But, man, yeah. 76, still getting it done. Man. There's hope for all yeah. of us. There's hope for all of us. <laughs> we just have to be a I don't think any of us have $3 million to, <laughs> to pay anyone. We just have to be a billionaire, and we can still be getting it done at 76. Yeah, that'd be great. Man. I need to know more about this paralegal. I need to know more about this paralegal lady, though. Because here's what I think. Yeah. If I had to guess what happened here, uh, the paralegal thought she was going to be the next Mrs. McMahon. You know, she thought she was going to be his uh, wife. And then when Vince broke it off, She's like, yeah, well, what, is it? what do you mean? Yeah, I think she would be happy at $3 million, but then she's like, the more she's thinking about it, she's like, no, I should, I should be having all his money. Ah, you know, I should be the next wife. And she got mad, and she was bitching to her friend, and then she told her friend, hey, send an email <laughs> to the board of directors. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I so can't I, say anything, but you Yeah, there's some, dark, 
There's some dots that need to be connected I mean, here on this story. Uh, yeah, that's one possibility. The other possibility is uh, she showed up at her friend's with an extra $3 million once, and her friend says, where the hell did you get that? And she explains the situation, and her friend's just one of those people who says, that's just not right the way that all worked out. She might be entirely <laughs> satisfied with, hey, I got an extra yeah. hundred grand a year and $3 million to cap it off. I got nothing to complain about. Yeah, why would you complain? <laughs> like, why would you It might complain? be a friend with sort of a principled issue with the situation. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so what we're going to say is it's an ugly friend. Is that what we're going to say? Is that what you're trying to say, Tuffy? <laughs> an ugly yeah. Friend. yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it. <laughs> yes. I'm not saying yes, anything like that. That was the implication. <laughs> All right. You know, because I'm not saying that either. But I thought you said it. All right. But anyway, um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll keep an eye on this story. But, Tuffy, I, I don't know if you were going to mention this, but I, apparently the other big story coming out is uh, it looks like Sasha Banks might be finally uh, released from the WWE. Yeah, yeah there were, I saw that. <clears throat> there were rumors earlier in the week, and then nothing was confirmed. And then just before the show, some more rumors came out. Still hasn't been confirmed. But, uh, yeah, Sasha Banks might be done. And, and she had eye surgery. She had some procedure done earlier in the week. So, uh, I forget what this eye surgery is called. But uh, she... Oh, like uh, LASIK? No, it wasn't LASIK. It was a more involved eye surgery, I guess. Because oh, okay. supposedly the recovery means you can't really do anything too strenuous for like three months or something. You have to like be careful. But um, uh, she, uh, she posted pictures and she had her regular hair. You know, no more blue hair. So... Ooh. Yeah, that's a sign. She's <laughs> definitely taking a break. <laughs> so, yeah, Sasha might be done. That's sad. That's sad. But uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, welcome to yeah. the uh, land of irrelevancy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I think she thinks she's going to be a big superstar, and WWE thinks, well, they can just make another Sasha Banks. And of those two, I'm guessing WWE is probably right. But we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, Sasha's great. Uh, she's a great seller in the ring. She's a great worker. Uh, not so great on the mic. And uh, she's also very tiny and frail, so she tends to get hurt a lot. So, And if you look at the way the division's going with Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, uh, Raquel uh, Rodriguez, like a lot of big, meaty women who can slap meat, you know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> I think that's the way it's going now. Like Charlotte's in that body type, but uh, the, the smaller wrestler, lady wrestlers may not be... Don't you looking say for that. These days? You take that back. Yeah, like your girl Alexa Bliss. But uh, hey, oh, uh, Jank, uh, last week uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, Liv Morgan teamed up. They're a tag team. Oh, oh my God! And they're they're both. What are they calling the themselves? Uh, well, it was just a one <laughs> match gasm? deal. No, it was just a, it was just a <laughs> one match deal. Uh, Alexa and Liv versus Dewdrop. And was it Nikki Ash, Tuffy? Is that who it was? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and Dewdrop so th- in real life would have just smashed both yeah. Liv and <laughs> Alexa. Yes. <laughs> but uh, the winning team, the, the members of the winning team are now in the Money in the Bank match, uh, the pay-per-view. I think it's like July 3rd or something like that. But uh, so, yeah, Alexa and Liv are in the Money in the Bank. So that's something. Ooh, that'll get me watching. <laughs> yeah. And I guess Becky and Oscar are going to wrestle on Monday, and the the loser is out, and the winner is into the Money in the Bank. So I'm guessing what happens there, Tuffy, is Oscar wins, and Becky continues to go crazy, and then for the next three weeks, Becky somehow weasels her way into the match. Is that how that will happen? Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, so we got uh, Lacey right. and Alexa and Liv so far. Yeah, so all the uh, white blonde ladies. <laughs> <laughs> They're all, uh-huh. They always... <laughs> they always make fun of them. <laughs> always pushing the because Johnny because Vince and John Laurinaitis and Kevin Dunn they all have the the big buxom blondes. So uh, yeah, they're all, the three of them are getting pushed. But, um, yeah. So I, I don't know who on the SmackDown side because you figure Oscar and Becky are going to be in that match. So that's uh, five ladies. Um, and then uh, Smack there's going to be seven totals. So two others from SmackDown. I guess. Uh, Shotzi should get in there, right? And maybe Raquel Rodriguez? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. I don't know who else they even have. Carmella? Oh, yeah, Carmella could or be no, in she's there. she's on yeah. Raw. I don't even know. I haven't seen her in weeks, months. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Are you ready to come back yet? <laughs> uh, Bailey's getting close. Yeah, she's getting close. But probably, it'll probably be after this, though. Sonya Deville? Yeah, oh, yeah, Sonya could get in there. I was figuring Shotzi because she's not scared to take crazy bumps. And in a ladder match like that, Shotzi yeah. could do something crazy. Uh, I, I think Sh- uh, Shayna possibly, but uh, Natalia and Rousey are wrestling in the for the title, right? So they're out. Yeah. But that's why people, they still haven't announced any plans for the women's tag team uh, championships. But uh, that, that's, yeah. I think that's just because of money in the bank. You already have nine women on the card with, you know, so there's no women left to do a tag team tournament. So I think they're going to have to wait until after Money in the Bank to start that. But rest assured, after all these allegations come out and stuff, women's wrestling is going to be getting a big push in the coming months. I'm going to guess that they're going to bend over backwards to give the women the head of the spotlight here. Ooh, I'd like to see that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. They're all going to bend over Dana? backwards. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Is there anything else we need to cover wrestling-wise, Tuffy? Is that everything? No, I think that's pretty much it. Just a uh, crazy old man doing his crazy old man thing. Still. But it's been quite the run for wrestling here uh, in 2022. A lot of controversies and a lot of big injuries and uh, crazy shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> Every week there's something new. It's pretty pretty yeah. entertaining. So. Again, the out of the ring stuff is way more interesting yes. than anything that happens on the show. I know, that's <laughs> why people don't understand. Like that's why I love it so much is because you read the you get the behind the scenes shit and then you see it on TV and you're like, yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones and spandex. So yeah, yeah. But uh, all right. So before we get into hard haunted, uh, Jank. Uh, we always like to check in with you. Uh, how, how's the boxing going? Are you still boxing it up? Yeah, still boxing it up. I still, still really like it. <laughs> like, how how often are you doing it? Every day? Every other day? What are we looking at? Usually every day, unless, like, I pull something. <laughs> but Uh-oh. <laughs> most, mostly every day. <laughs> yeah, for those who, uh, who haven't heard the show recently, uh, Jank got one of them Oculus deals. So he's uh, virtually boxing. He's uh, going yeah. in there to fight the, uh, Apollo Creed. And, yeah, uh, and Drago and Clever Lang. Clever Lang is still, I think he is the best one in the game. <laughs> oh, wow. How about that? Yeah. Because, like, I've probably gotten my best scores playing as uh, Clever Lang. And, like, he's the one guy where it's like, 
normally you can get knocked down four times, and then like that fourth time, it's really hard to get back to the ring. You're probably not going to do it. But clubber sometimes like the second knockdown, it'll just like immediately you'll be knocked out, and then it's just nope, you're not even getting a chance to try. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you're done. He's a big hitter. He's a big hitter. Have yeah. you fought Rocky? <laughs> yes. He's uh he's not too hard to fight. <laughs> uh, he did. He, he did take a lot of punishment. That Rocky did take a lot of punches to the the old noggin there. He wasn't too hard to hit. So, uh, yeah. how many guys yeah, can you? Know, like, how many characters are on the game that you can box? Like how many different dudes? Um, I think there's a total of about thirteen, maybe. Okay. Twelve, thirteen, somewhere around there. Because they got right. basically they got Rocky, Apollo Creed, Adonis Creed. Clubber Lang, Ivan Drago, and then they got a bunch of people that are from like the story mode, kind of like Creed people, or I think some of them they just made up, like you know, really low level yeah. guys. There's like there's like a, a, a bouncer from a nightclub that you fight in the back alley, and you can pick him as one of your fighters too. So, wow. like, okay, <laughs> do they have picking that guy a lot. Do they have Tommy Morrison from uh, Rocky Five or whatever that was? No, they left out Tommy Gunn and uh, Mason Dixon from Rocky Balboa too. No love for them. Who, who's Mason Dixon? No Spider that, Rico. Uh, <laughs> who played Mason Dixon in the movie? Was that Antonio Tarver? Because I, I seem to recall Antonio Tarver played somebody in one of these new. That Rocky sounds movies. about right. He is a light heavyweight this out. boxing champ. Antonio Tarver. He beat Roy Jones mm. back in the day when I was a big boxing guy. Now I don't know any boxing. Yeah, He's yeah, he was. That was him. Yep, Antonio oh, Tarver played Mason the Line Dixon. Straight. The Line. That's terrible. <laughs> that is so bad. Uh, All right. I love it. It's so stupid. <laughs> what was that? Great. <laughs> what was that, Tommy? Sly Stallone still got that creative writing bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> line, Dixon. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Jake, have you noticed? Uh, have you been losing any weight? Have you? Do you feel like you're getting in better shape? Is the cardio picking up? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think I've lost maybe about like four pounds. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Yeah. <laughs> Have, I, uh, you, have you modified your diet at all with this exercise? Yeah, regimen? yeah that's the big one. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I pretty much I try to drink mostly water. Hey, there you go. So that's the one thing. But, I mean, other than that, it's not like I just, like, gorge myself at mealtime. Like, I just fucking get 12 burgers or get that 12-pack of tacos at Taco Bell and just go go ham. It's like I get pretty, pretty small size meals. <laughs> um, I uh, I went and shot hockey four times this week, including the last three days in a row. So I'm very wow. sore. Yeah, I'm very sore. I bet. And uh, I, I'm is it also as hot as it is weight. here over there. Yeah, uh, today wasn't too bad. Today <laughs> was probably like in the 80s, but the the previous two days it was 94. Like each day I went. Oof. And uh, I love it, though, because you, you just start sweating, and you just get a good workout. It's great. I love uh, when it's super hot. And uh, even, though I'm, <laughs> even though I'm an old man, there's other, like, every once in a while there'll be other people there, and uh, they're all much younger than me, you know, like in their 20s or something. But I always 
last way longer than them. They're going home way before me, Tuffy, way before the old man, because they can't have Yeah, that's probably because they have, like, other things to do in their life. (laughs) What are you trying to say? (laughs) They're all going home to bang their girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) Not not their Oscar cutouts. But, uh, yeah, I put put in work when I go to the the Deckerink. Although here, I almost had a, I almost died today at the deck. Though this would have been uh, pretty uh, scary. Uh oh. Well, I was shooting. You know, I've been shooting at this deck for you know, off and on for three years, and I always thought in the back of my mind that, hey, what if uh, when I'm out there, the the wind blows the door shut on the rink, and I get locked inside the rink, you know? And uh, oh. that happened today. The wind actually blew the door shut, and all the doors <laughs> shut. And so when I went to leave. I'm locked inside the goddamn rink. Everything's everything's locked up, <laughs> and there's no one around, you know. And I'm like, well, I could, I could starve here. Back in there. I'd have been all right. It's like a chain link fence around uh, the uh, the boards and everything. So theoretically, if worst came to worst, I would have just scaled it like a monkey, you know. Climb but I'm not fence. doing that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very old, <laughs> and um, I was very tired too because this was after I'd already been out in the heat for like an hour. Uh, so I'm like, well, there's got to be a way out of this. So I found an, an like an auxiliary door in the one corner, and I uh, like put the stick through uh, the gap in the fence, and like was able to yank up the the lever on the door. So I'm basically MacGyver, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, what it uh, sounds like. <laughs> I opened up the door and I got out. So, but yeah, it's pretty funny how uh, I was always thinking, hey, what would happen if those doors would ever blow shut? And sure enough, <laughs> they actually did. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, it would like some kind of thing in place for that, like. Yeah, well, locking doors if they. <laughs> yeah, some of those young kids could just close all the doors when they leave. I know, yeah. little punks. Uh, there, because uh, there was was one kid out there shooting with me, and then he left uh, before me, and uh, before the wind came. Um, but uh, there's usually no one else out there. Like there'll be like um, uh, maintenance people, so I could have just sat around and waited for like a maintenance person to show up eventually. Because I think they locked the doors at night. I could have just sat there all day. <laughs> Waiting until someone showed up. There's a dog park across the street. Dogs love me. I could have like, hey, Lassie, get over here. Open this door, you know? And like the dog would have come down and opened the door for me. That could have worked. That uh, <laughs> only works if you fall down well. <laughs> that was close, In a rink, they don't care. <laughs> So, so Jenks out boxing it up, uh, or not out, you're in boxing it up. Uh, I'm out shooting the hockey. Tuffy, what are you doing to stay in shape this summer? Uh, I went and ran a couple times this week. No shit. Oh. Yeah, did a couple three-milers. Uh, Holy hell. Very hot out. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still don't run. I just shoot, you know, I take hundreds and hundreds of shots. Uh, now, usually if there's no one there, I will uh, run at the end a little bit, uh, and I'm starting to feel like I can run again. But today I was so tired. I was like, fuck it, I'm not running. And I just left. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you didn't know if you were going to get home alive, so can't yeah, yeah, spend hey, any uh, energy. Hey, 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 Tuffy, here's what I also did. Uh, maybe next time you go for a run, you should think of this. Instead of having a dart, as soon as I got home, I drank a big thing of coconut water. Oh, that's delicious. That's delicious. I'll see, as soon as I get done, I go burn a dart. <laughs> also delicious. <laughs> no, 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 These no. lungs have had it too good. <laughs> I need to really put them through the ringer. Did you ever have the coconut water though? 
it's tasty. I'm a big fan. Uh, I don't think I've ever had coconut water. Jank? No. Wow. I'm not usually a big fan of coconut. Yeah. Well, coconut water is really good for you. It's uh, It has, like, the right uh, balance of electrolytes or whatever they say to help you replenish your fluids. <laughs> and I guess in World War II, uh, in the Pacific, they were using it for blood transfusions, even. They were putting coconut water into people. They were like, eh, take that instead of blood. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's really good for you, supposedly. And uh, I haven't had it in a while. It's probably been a couple of years since I've had it. And, uh, oh, it's delicious. Oh, it's good. Good old coconut water. It has electrolytes. It's what plants yeah. crave. <laughs> uh, Idiocracy. I couldn't think of the name of that movie. Idiocracy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jank, did you see any other movies this week? Did you go to the theaters at all? No, I still haven't gone. <laughs> um, let's see. I did... I watched the, they had the big last episode of that, uh, The Offer, the show about the making of The Godfather. So, oh, it was the episode everyone's been waiting on bated breath for to see if The Godfather would actually be a success <laughs> when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would anybody actually see this picture? <laughs> Turns out, Was yeah. it any good? <laughs> was the uh, series any good? Yeah, overall, I definitely I, I liked it, uh, especially as it went along. Like, I don't know, you got to know the characters more, and it was it was good. I, I would recommend it. And what is that on? What channel? Oh, that's on the Paramount Plus. Oh. Who has Paramount? What the fuck are you doing? What's your Paramount? Who has <laughs> Paramount Plus? What the hell? I don't know. It's like four ninety nine. It's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Paramount Plus. <laughs> what else is on there? Uh, not a lot. Well, that's over. That's where I watched the uh, the Big Brother Canada. Oh. So they got all the seasons of that and yeah. seasons of Big Brother U.S. Those are on there. That has your MTV and like Comedy Central shows. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Just watch MTV and uh, South Park and Sports and Feel. Does MTV still exist? Is that still a channel? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Mostly the challenge, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I don't cool. think they have a lot of like regular TV shows you would watch. Stuff for teenagers, no. maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't watch anything. Um, Those young punks at the the ring. <laughs> <laughs> They'll yeah. fucking love it. <laughs> These young punks. A uh, <laughs> uh, ridiculousness. They throw a lot of that show with Rob Deerdeck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. a big fan. I feel like that's I'm on like twenty four seven. Deerdeck. Yeah. Checking uh, out MTV's programming. It is basically the ridiculousness channel at this point, from the look of it. <laughs> yeah. Do they even play videos anymore? Like uh, just like an hour a day or anything? Or? No, just it looks like about <laughs> twenty hours a day of ridiculousness, which is just showing YouTube videos. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yep. the entire day tomorrow is just ridiculousness. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sunday, it looks like is all catfish the TV show. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, All boy. Right. 
I got my weekend ahead of me. Uh, and then when you roll over to Monday, it's back to ridiculousness. Do <laughs> <laughs> so they don't even do like a total request live or anything anymore? Nothing like that? No, because YouTube exists so. now. Yeah. yeah, but you think, I guess, but man. Nobody has to tune yeah, in to MTV be nice to, to see their favorite music video. Like, how do you yeah. see anything new, though? Like, you won't know it exists. You don't know how to look for it. Uh, if you, you like for something someone, you haven't heard, you probably follow their Instagram where they yeah. post their <laughs> new videos are on YouTube. And then you go there to watch it. I guess, uh, mm-hmm. hey, maybe uh, in one of these weeks, because Tuffy, you're going to be gone the next four weeks, right? Uh, parts of them. Some of them I might be driving during the show so I could, you know, maybe do something, but I don't know. We're going to have to really pick up our game, Jank, without Tuffy here to left, uh, you know, do the heavy lifting. So one week we're definitely doing a Colombo tribute. And then well, then uh, you've yeah. got like 10 top 11 lists in the chamber. <laughs> yeah. think, so. Well, we're going to be digging into <laughs> sure. those tonight probably, Jank, so get ready because we have nothing else tonight. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and then uh, we should probably, maybe let's do a tribute to MTV, like back when MTV was actually cool. Like talk about the best things on MTV back in the day. Because I don't know if people, uh, kids nowadays, even uh, MTV was a, like a big deal when I was a kid. It was a very big deal. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it was a little before my time, but yeah, yeah, yeah seen a lot of stuff about those days, and it was a glorious time. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was it was pretty cool. All right, um, so maybe that'll be something we'll do in the future. Uh, Jank, did you watch anything else this week? Oh. Uh, no, if you have the Paramount think Plus, have you ever watched a review with Forrest McNeil? No. What's that? Yeah, you should watch that. It's uh, very good. Wait, Tommy, mm. you have Paramount Plus? No, but I've I watched that show when it was on Comedy Central. Uh, okay. But I did think today about getting Paramount Plus. So I could watch... <laughs> um... I didn't even know Paramount Plus exists. I had no idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they got, like, the challenge. All-Stars is on there. So I might watch that. Cause I got nothing else to do. <laughs> you got Twin all the any other shows I need to watch these days, so... Twin yeah. Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Hey, but I was going to uh, Twin Peaks cancel quick. my Netflix because there's nothing on there these days. Yeah, Netflix was. Yeah. Hey, speaking of the, the uh, Twin Peaks real quick, though, Jank, um, I'm, I've been listening to, uh, occasionally I've been listening to uh, David Spade and Dana Carvey have a podcast where they talk to old yeah, SNL people. Yeah, I've heard a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah, see, because uh, I like David Spade. I don't really like Dana Carvey, and he gets on my nerves. <laughs> I think he, uh, I don't know. Yeah. He's just I not like my kind of show. funny. In real life, yeah. he's kind of annoying. Yes. Like, he's like in that Robin Williams school of just say crazy, zany things and think, hey, it's funny. Nah, not <laughs> really. David not Spade funny. also annoying? David Spade's funny, though. I like David Spade. I yeah, David Spade. he's more chill. <laughs> yeah, he's very <laughs> calm. Where Dana Carvey's always going like a moment. million miles a minute. Yes. And Carvey's yeah. always talking over him and shit and getting in his stories. It's like, just shut up, Dana Carvey. Just shut up. But anyway, <laughs> I, I like listening to those shows occasionally. And uh, I listened to the Molly Shannon one the other night. And uh, that, that caused me to look up Molly Shannon to see – because I think I was looking up that uh, that show they were talking about she's doing with Vanessa Bear. Um, yeah. I love that. I love you. Vanessa I, Bear. Yeah, she's very good as well. Um, but when I, when I was looking at Molly Shannon's IMDb, IMDb, 
there's no mention of uh, Gary Coleman trying to sexually assault her, but uh, she was <laughs> in an episode. She was in an episode of Twin Peaks. Yes, I remember that. Like season two, I think. Yeah. The helping hand lady or something is what she called. And I don't have any recollection of this. Do you remember what she was doing? Or uh, No, but I remember we talked about her when we saw her. Like, holy shit, that was oh, Molly okay. Shannon. <laughs> oh, so. I'm just so old. I can't remember anything. All right. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. One of those weird I, things, I, like... I'm trying to think. I haven't listened to the Tina Fey episode yet, which seems weird. You think I would have listened to the Tina Fey episode right away? But I, oh, I, I did know. listen to that one. It was pretty good. She spent like uh, a lot of the time like focusing on because it was over Zoom. She was like trying to do her makeup while they were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a podcast. You don't really. No one's gonna see you. <laughs> There's. Uh, I listened to the Tim Meadows one. That was all right. Uh, John Lovitz. John, the John Lovitz one wasn't as good as I was hoping because it seemed like Dana Carvey was just talking over everybody. So fuck you, Dana Carvey. And then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, shoot, who, oh, uh, uh, what, the, the big, oh, uh, Dennis Miller. I like the Dennis Miller episode. Um, oh, yeah, that was good. Who was who the main Raider guy? The big Raider in the history of D- Downey? Uh, Downey? Oh, yeah, yeah, Jim Downey. Jim Downey, yeah, yeah listen to that one. <laughs> that um, was a good one. Yeah, you know, talk about Norm and talk about that Billy Madison scene. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's, so good it's, a, it's a pretty good show if you're looking if you're in need of something to listen to. Because I've really been on a Saturday Night Live uh, binge lately. So that hey, that's another show we could do. Uh, some sort of a tribute to Saturday Night Live, like uh, top eleven, whatever, cut up clips and they'll do yeah. all that kind of shit. Um. Ah, uh, that's hard to do. There's so many good ones out there. Yeah, I, we probably because I think we did a Saturday Night Live thing way back in the early days of the show, but maybe we'll do one. I'll focus on newer shit because I think uh, the show gets a bad rap these days because it is not as good as it used to be. But there, some of these newer people are actually very funny, like especially the women. They're very funny women on the show now. So um, I don't know. We'll do something there. Uh, what else? Um, anything else though, Jack? You've been watching? Uh, no, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been watching anything. Hey, oh, hey, it's a hockey show. Here's your hockey update. Colorado is leading in the Stanley Cup final one game to nothing over Tampa Bay. So there you go. There's your update. Uh, that's about all I got. So, uh, Tuffy. The Golden State Warriors, not the Memphis Grizzlies, won the NBA <laughs> championship. <laughs> yes. yes, I saw that last night. Yeah. Um, so that's, Ed was wrong again, but he is the greatest gambler in the world. But he never gets anything right. But don't worry, he's the greatest gambler yeah. in the world. Uh, <laughs> Magic dice let him down this time. <laughs> yeah, the Ed uh, last uh, week Ed was supposed to call the show. Remember, he was supposed to call the show. We were stalling for the Ed to call, and I was like, I guess he's yeah. not calling. So, uh, and I talked to him just like three hours before the show. He said he was going to call. So I, I uh, messaged him on Twitter then, like, the next morning or something, like, hey, are you in a ditch, or uh, did you just forget the call? And he texted back saying he was in a ditch. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told him I'd send help, but I didn't send help. So I guess he's still in a ditch. Ooh. So, yeah. Yeah. Ditches are perilous. You never know when they're going to pop up. 
I wonder how many NDAs the Ed has, you know? Uh, I don't know, but I don't think he's paying out three million bucks a pop. <laughs> I usually I feel pay like the women. Should know as his lawyer. I usually give the women money to admit they've had sex with me. Like, please talk about me. <laughs> Here you go. Please. I'm going to need more than Plus that. Plus the Ed oh, okay. makes his, the Ed makes his payments at the start of the relationship, not the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a business transaction up front. Hey, uh, hey, Tuffy, our buddy on the Twitter, Don O'Trepley, he sent me a message tonight that uh, Nathan Felder, Fielder, whatever, is getting a new show. Fielder, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Premieres Nathan July 15th, I think I saw. Yeah, Jenk, did you ever watch Nathan for You? No. That's probably on Paramount Plus too. That was a Comedy Central show. Oh, yeah, you should definitely watch that if it's on Paramount Plus. Get your money's worth out of that fucking Paramount Plus. Watch Nathan for you. <laughs> yeah, that show's it? great. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before, but uh, it's um, Nathan. This, he's a Canadian fella, this Nathan, I believe. And he has a very yeah. – uh, how would you describe his style of comedy, Tuffy? Very dry and unassuming and, like, just It's like, very awkward. dry, but it's like uh, – um, it's sort of absurdism where he takes a simple premise and then just extends it beyond any realistic uh, part. So the uh, Nathan mm-hmm. for you show, he was a business graduate uh, and he would go with very good grades, <laughs> with very good grades. Yeah. That's a, that's a key caveat with very good grades. And each episode, he would help like two or th- was it just two businesses or was there three sometimes? Yeah, two know. or three. It depends. I think. He would go in and help these businesses improve. You know, he would come up with these little gimmicks to help them make more money, but they're usually very weird, like just I don't know, unusual ideas on how to make money, and it's very funny. So I would highly recommend yeah. that you watch Nathan. Okay, <laughs> I might have to do that. Like, well, I do have to watch. Uh... Um, the Mike Tyson mysteries. Larry was telling me that it was on Tubi. So yeah, now I gotta I watch it. I talked about this on the show uh, years ago that I watched it. And Larry, again, he Larry's older than me, so he forgot that I even talked about it on the show. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I stumbled across it one night, and uh, it, it's an animated show, and Norm Macdonald does the voice of a pigeon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Uh, I enjoyed what I saw. I knew it existed, it. but I just never knew where to watch it. But apparently, it's on Tubi. So. Yeah, Tubi's got everything, man. Tubi's the best. I really do. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, well, I guess I can talk about this. I, hey, WWE is also in legal dispute because uh, um, there was another wrestling promotion that was supposed to cut a deal with Tubi. That they were going to be the home of this mm-hmm. wrestling promotion. And then uh, mm-hmm. WWE apparently went in and put the screws to Tubi to say, hey, don't do that. Because Tubi has a financial tie to something that WWE either... At, I don't know who's behind Tubi. They have a tie to Fox or NBC or something. Or I don't know. But they're like, hey, so WWE told them, hey, knock that shit off. You're not running any other wrestling promotion on Tubi. So Tubi backed out of the deal, and now that wrestling promotion is like suing WWE because they're saying, you ruined this deal for us and shit. So. Who is going to get Tubi to watch some other wrestling show? <laughs> yeah, well, Tubi. They're trying to branch out into everything, man. They They're going to have to go to Pluto now and have weird commercial breaks and <laughs> <laughs> in between right during matches. Um, so, yeah, uh, hey, but Tuffy, getting back to the uh, Nathan uh, uh, Fielder, 
Fielder. Fielder, yeah. Fielder. Uh, so this new show is called The Rehearsal, and I hear tell yep. six episodes, and he goes around helping people rehearse for events in their life. Is that what this is? Yeah. The, there's not really much info about what it's about. Like, there was a, like, 30-second <laughs> teaser that was him sitting at a table with a bunch of monitors and, like, a lady playing with a baby. So I don't know what she was rehearsing for. Having a baby? Yeah, I would imagine. Being, yeah. uh, Being a yeah. mother. So I'm guy. assuming it's going to be a similar sort of uh, yeah. thing to the Nathan for you kind of premise. Yeah, he's a very funny guy. So, uh, Tuffy, you're going to have to watch and report on that because I don't have the HBO. Yeah. Yeah, because one of the, uh, like Jenk, one of the things he did was, uh, like, he had to go on late night shows to promote his show. So hmm. he went on Conan. And he brought Ooh. a backup guest in case he didn't do very good because he wasn't very famous. <laughs> so he came out with Susan Sarandon, and she just sat next to him. And he explained to Conan, yeah, if this doesn't go well, you know, I have Susan Sarandon here. She can always step in. <laughs> That's pretty good. He, he also, he also kind of got mainstream attention uh, during Nathan for You because he did this one gimmick with this, uh, this coffee shop. He took it over, and he called yeah. it Dumb Starbucks. And it was like the same branding, everything starts, except the word dumb was yeah. like, dumb Starbucks. Because it's a parody, they can use all the Starbucks copyright. <laughs> so it became very popular. And he, uh, I don't even get in trouble necessarily, but I, I think there were some, uh, <laughs> some people were upset about it, I guess, with Starbucks. <laughs> dumb. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But was the coffee any good? <laughs> uh, who knows? I don't know. I I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. Do you guys drink coffee at all? Yeah, no. No. Yeah. Drink monster energy it. drink. <laughs> <laughs> I drink coconut water now. Um, so, all right. Well, <clears throat> I guess uh, we're ready to get into the uh, hard hunted. And uh, let me just say before we uh, start the new uh, movie here that I heard from the Academy and uh, they they went back over the tape of Don Dunlap and Cave Bunny, and yeah, yeah, they are very solid in their choice of Cave Bunny as best naked lady. Oh, congratulations! Oh, I got my hopes up, and then dashed him again. <laughs> Cave Bunny all day. I thought the all Academy right. saw the light finally and came to their senses, know. but apparently no. They they continued their like two week long meth binge. Came funny all day. All right, so uh, this new movie here, Hard Hunted, Andy Sedaris. This is the seventh film as part of the Triple B uh, series of films, which, of course, the B stand for Bullets, Bombs, and Boobs. Triple Bs. And this came out in 1993, and it stars all our favorites, Donna Spear, Roberta Vasquez. Uh, Who else is in here? Uh, oh, that Rodrigo Obregon fella. He always plays like the villains in every movie. He's back for this one. Uh, Cynthia Brimhall's in this one again. Yeah, best actress, Golden Quesadilla winner, Cynthia Brimhall is back as Edie. Uh, Ava Cadell. Yeah. Ava Cadell is back. Now she's a good yeah. lady. In uh, Do or Die, she was a, a an assassin who was out to kill Don and him. But now she's back as a uh, one of the agents. 
Um, who else? Well, basically playing a radio sex therapist. So Yeah, which is weird. Because <laughs> we learned out later she became a sex therapist. That's basically her gimmick here in the uh, Yes, the villain, we mentioned uh, Jeffrey Moore. He's billed as R.J. Moore. He plays Kane, the Pat Morita part. And that is Roger Moore's son, Jeffrey Moore. So <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. Um, we get a couple other uh, new ladies in this. Uh, Mika. Uh, she yeah. ends up dying. Oh, I you liked like her. Kids, oh, all right. Fair yeah. Enough. I wish um, she would have lasted a little bit longer. She had about five minutes yeah. of screen time. But. <laughs> and then there is also yeah. a girl named Becky. Carolyn Lou is Silk. Yeah, she Silk was in the uh, previous one. She was the lady who uh, Pat Marita made the love on and uh, yeah. do or die. <laughs> so maybe she said, all right, I'll come back, but I'm not having sex with that old man again. Give me someone younger and better looking. <laughs> you give me the son of a bond. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, there's another lady in here who is uh, like a young agent coming up. As she's at the radio station, uh, Becky, yeah. played by Becky Mullen. And she was the farmer's daughter on Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, if you guys ever watched oh, Glow. Oh, shit. Yeah. I did not. She was, yeah. yeah, she was the farmer's daughter. So Sadly, she passed away. She died in 56. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Was she also a playmate? Uh, I do not know. That's a good question. I mean, she certainly had mm-hmm. the attributes to be a playmate. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't argue Gosh. with that. I was a big fan when she was in that. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, I think those are all the key players here, but it's the usual kind of Andy yeah, Sedaris I mean, shit. Cynthia Bramhall yeah. is the true star of this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. really? She's also the star of the soundtrack singing every song yeah. in the movie. Yeah. So Tuffy, <laughs> I got again. a couple one of those to get us in oh, the mood. Oh, all right. Oh, we'll get that uh, here in a minute. But, Tuffy, I hope you're taking notes because I think there's going to be some quesadilla nominations from this film. Yeah, I got, yep. I got notes. Yeah, best song. <laughs> I got a best song nominee down for sure. Best quote, uh, <laughs> easily a best naked lady. You could have your pick. There's a few in here. Um, so, Jank, uh, do, do you have an audio clip of Cynthia Bermhall singing a song? Yeah, here we go. This is the, the theme song from Hard Hunted. Dinner and drinks on the beach. We sit and watch the sunset. Then it's off to party all night long. Tell me how high can one get? We play and dance and we make romance. Tonight I've got the mic. And as for tomorrow, will I never met a zombie that I didn't like? Another day. Yeah, it's the I, 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 I that I really enjoy. Um, but I, I think this will be really two years it. in a row where she gets nominated for Golden KCD because I can't see how that does not get nominated at least for Best Song. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty strong. 
Yeah, Cynthia Brimhall. Uh, here's the thing about the Cynthia Brimhall, though. I, does it seem like between Guns and uh, whatever the last one was, she had a nose job? Is it just me, or does it seem like she had a nose job between those two movies? I wonder uh, looking at her, her nose, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> she looks a little different. Her face and nose look pretty similar. I don't, uh, maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm imagining it. But, uh, I mean, she still looks good, but it's like, it's something a little different. A little different. I don't know. Uh, like, the nose <laughs> is thinner and a little more upturned, maybe. I don't know. It seemed like there was a nose job done. But uh, I don't know why she would have a nose job, because I don't remember, like, she needed one. Or I don't, maybe I'm just imagining all this. Who knows? You know what I'm going to have to do? <laughs> I'm going to have to go do some scholarly research tonight and uh, really dig deep. <laughs> Rewatch guns. And Cynthia Brimhall photos and uh, do some comparisons. And that'll be good. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Hard Hunted. It's basically the usual Andy Sedaris stuff of the uh, agents in Hawaii. Although Donna and Roberta Vasquez are now stationed in, like, uh, Nevada, right? They're yeah. They're out at, like, near Vegas or something. But in Hawaii, we still Yeah, have by the Arizona border, I think. Yeah, but in Hawaii, we still have... Just Cynthia north of Brimhall. Sedona. Yes, that's right, Sedona, whatever the fuck. All right. Um... Who are the other agents in the Hawaii? We got uh, one of them Albaline guys, Shane Albaline, right? He's there. Yeah, and uh, is Bruce Penhall in Hawaii, or has he come from somewhere else? That's a tough call, because there are people everywhere in this movie, and I didn't know where the fuck they were. Um... And then uh, Cole <laughs> is out in Hawaii. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, Cole is like a double agent, this, this rat bastard Cole. He's uh, playing both sides yeah. of it. And, Supposedly uh, he has a guy. funny name, but his name's just Cole. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, well, his last name is like Waters. Cold Waters. Like Cold Waters, I think is what it was. <laughs> Even that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are two assassins no, in this trickle. movie. There are two yeah. assassins in this movie. One of them is called Wiley, and the other is called Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait to get to them. They were amazing. <laughs> And somehow they are not a part of the body count, even though they got I blown know. up real good. Because <laughs> yeah. I was Just counting like the real wily coyote, they can survive explosions. Unharmed. I actually counted the one guy. I was like, oh, there's a, there's number ten or whatever. And like, no, no, it's yeah. No, he's about that. Uh, a couple trivia notes from Hard Hunted. The helicopter flown by Raven, played by Al Leong was uh, from the ground custom design and built for the film, similar to the Batmobile in Batman Begins 2005. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Today it sits in the atrium of the Andy Sedaris Museum of Aviation in West Beverly Hills, California. Now, I looked up the Andy Sedaris Museum of Aviation. Oh, my God, Museum why are we aviation. not there? I don't think anything like that exists. I think whoever's putting these little notes on IMDb are just pulling our legs. Because, <laughs> like, their Google search brought up nothing. <laughs> or Andy Sedaris Museum of Aviation. Uh, so, I don't know. Well, I did make a note of all the different aircraft in this film, since Andy Sedaris does like his airplanes. Yeah, the little Boy, helicopter. He. That, that helicopter was uh, pretty interesting. They built for the movie. It's, it, it's really skinny, and it, uh, I don't know, has rockets and guns and shit, so... It's all black. My favorite part was like, they're like, okay, get your gyroscope over here, like, and they show them loading it into a truck, like, do we need all this? That's a little indulgent here. <laughs> You're just time with people loading their helicopter into a truck. He he loves showing that shit, man. The uh, model yeah, airplane. I think, uh, 
At one point, Ray, uh, Kane sends him on his marvelous gyro to get the jade. Yeah, he's got to get the jade. <laughs> All right, there's so a couple other interesting notes. A couple other interesting notes here in IMDb. Now, this one I'm going to need some help with, but this this one is equally disturbing and fascinating. Uh, oh. Now, do you remember a scene? Do you remember a scene in the movie where there's a Spanish guitar player with a white parrot on his shoulder? No. Is that when I think that was probably when another day Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. There was a band. Okay. There's like a backing band when she's singing. That would have to be it, right? Because, but but here's where it gets confusing. All right, so that white parrot on that guy's shoulder was a very rare danger. I see him right now. Oh, okay, sweet. Well, not sweet, because sadly, uh, that parrot was a very rare and endangered species. It was one of the last known specimens. Unfortunately, an onset accident <laughs> occurred, and it was, it was sucked into the blades of the Raven helicopter. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it? Why was the bird even there for that? He wasn't That's what I don't understand. That's what I don't understand. Like, I was thinking, I was trying to think of a scene where there was a guitar player anywhere near a helicopter, and there wasn't. So, like, that helicopter wasn't even anywhere near the, her singing that song. So, were they just dicking around behind the scenes with a parrot? <laughs> I don't know what was going on. But, uh, now, the good news is some DNA was salvaged from the windshield of the helicopter, and it was kept... Cryogenetically frozen. <laughs> so on the uh, so if, when advances in science allow for cloning, they will have the DNA. <laughs> where, where do you think that DNA is right now? Like in a drawer somewhere, Andy Sedaris. In the Andy Sedaris Aviation Museum, which is <laughs> <laughs> probably oh, they preserve that current DNA <laughs> so they can clone them now, later. Now, uh, I just tweeted you the a YouTube video of Cynthia Brimhall singing. It's a 30-second mark of that video. You can see the bird if you want to go check it out. Well, thank you <laughs> yeah. for that, Duffy, but I don't want to see a dead bird. Uh, like, that's so sad. He's been murdered. I don't want to see... <laughs> well, he's not dead in the video. You can I know, but he's been murdered with a rocket launcher. It's, it's very depressing, though, to think <laughs> of that poor bird getting sucked into the blades of a helicopter. <laughs> God. First Vic Morrow in uh, the Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> yeah. Now that it's horrible. Helicopters killing everybody. Uh, what, one other trivia note: uh, to- Tori Sinclair, aka Lisa Cornshaw. Apparently, she's a porn actress. I don't know. I've never encountered her in my scholarly research. I'm not aware of this. But uh, Tori Sinclair tried out for the role that ended up going to Ava Cadell. And by the way, I love Ava Cadell. Have I mentioned that? Oh my God, I'm a big fan of Ava Cadell. But uh, she said she. Oh, I'm a huge fan of Ava Cadell. Uh, she said. She, she had to do a reading. Uh, this Tori Sinclair had to do a reading uh, in three fully nude auditions for Andy Sedaris and his wife Arlene. His <laughs> wife <laughs> oh, all above board. And she didn't get the part. Three nude auditions for the role that mm. Ava Cadell. And keep in mind, Ava Cadell. She only had. She's in this movie. I don't know six scenes. Maybe they're all small. And uh, she has one yeah. topless scene where she's sitting in a hot tub. So I don't really know if you needed to see her uh, naked three times to whether she could play that scene of sitting naked in a hot tub. I think maybe one lift up the shirt. All right, yeah, they look good. Yeah, you can go ahead. But um, <laughs> three, right? Hey, the casting process is the best part. <laughs> but uh, she said <laughs> why in he an makes inter- these movies. 
So this Tori Sinclair said in an interview that if uh, she had been called back for another round, she fully expected to have to hop on the table and let the couple give her gynecological exam. And she joked that she may have, <laughs> she joked that she may have let them do it to get the part. Wow, she really wanted this part in uh, Wow. Hard hunted. <laughs> wow. She could have played the Pat Morita part. He didn't want that job at all. Just I hope the parent didn't have to go through something similar to get his part because that did not pay off. That was a horrible thing that happened to that parent. Good God. <laughs> oh man. So there you go, the backstory. That's so weird. Do you, do you think I uh, don't understand that. Do you think when Mike L's making this uh, movie of his, cause he told me he's still trying to film one more scene. We were talking to him about it last week. and uh, um, Here's a little uh, story about Mike L, though. Uh, he, he started filming this scene at some place that Ecology works at, and they had to stop filming. And then, So he's like, well, I'll come back and film in that same room with the same actor later on so no one will tell that it's filmed two different times. But they went back to that room. And now that room was, like, all decorated with all kind of new decorations for some Canadian holiday, some bullshit or something. So, I don't know. It's going to be weird splicing that scene together. But anyway, do you think Mike L has a similar uh, thing when he's casting for his film? All right, I'm going to need three nude auditions. All right, so three. There's a lot uh, of new things at this Mexican restaurant we're filming at. I'm hoping the first two yeah. do all right, because then we'll just need three. But if they don't, we'll probably need four nude auditions. All right, just get ready. <laughs> That's just the process. It's the process. Now, do you think if you make it to four, biological uh, exam? Do you think Mike L. had to do three nude auditions to become Mr. Meat or whatever that commercial was? <laughs> Probably. Hey, by the way, Mike L., uh, we recorded Flea Market Fantasy last night, and he, uh, he told me uh, he, he's going to be in a, in a documentary about comic books. Somebody's making a documentary Ooh. about comic books, and this guy's interviewed like a bunch of like famous people. Like uh, He interviewed Neil Adams and all these famous comic book creators, and he Whoa. wanted to interview Mike L. So Mike L. <laughs> How in the hell? Wow, he's a luminary, yeah. this Mike L. Yeah, so keep that, uh, keep that in mind. Keep a watch out on that. Wow. Um, but all right, uh, Do they have I don't an know. angle or just it's covering all of comic books? Yeah, I didn't even really ask. Uh, I didn't even really ask. But, um, <laughs> we'll see how this huh. goes. It's like an independent guy making a movie, so it's not like you know, big studio thing or anything. But uh, you yeah, know, just do a documentary. Yeah. Like Mike L. More than I've ever done. Hey, just wait, though. Years from now, Jank, when they do the documentary about the LCS Hockey Radio Show, you're going to get interviewed. <laughs> and uh, it'll be great. Oh, boy. Nobody's going to watch that, so I don't know why they would make it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hard Hunted. That'll be an LCS we, Films production. I think we've set the stage here for Hard Hunted. Uh, Tuffy, where does this movie begin? On a boat. <laughs> On a boat? <laughs> uh, we're on Kane's boat, and they go pick up like a marked buoy that has the jade on it or something. I think, right? Yeah, this, this whole movie is that they're chasing this little jade uh, statue. I don't even what what's Buddha. the name of that statue? Jade Buddha. Oh, Buddha. A Buddha. Yeah. And inside, there's a, a a trigger for a nuclear weapon, and it's like a little box or something. So it's a trigger for a nuclear weapon. Yeah. And uh, but but. The, the people chasing the Buddha don't always know that. But um, 
Uh, yeah, like they're on this boat, Kane, uh, Roger Moore's son, he's on this little yacht, and he's like sexing up uh, Silk, that one hot Asian lady from the other movie, and uh, Mika, another hot Asian lady from this movie, and uh, they're like about to make three. That's basically how the movie starts. They're about to make three, right? Yeah. They're yeah, this movie wastes no time. Yeah. Uh, they, don't, they don't get naked, though, at the beginning, but they, they just... Uh, they show them in their lingerie and whatnot, taking their stockings off and that kind of stuff. Now, yeah. Kane might be in a bit of a Vince McMahon problem here because Mika is a crew member also. Yes, that was, <laughs> that was confusing because they're having the three-way. And then, like, the next thing, Mika is in her little yacht uh, outfit like a, you know, a waitress or whatever. She's, like, taking away their, their uh, breakfast plates. So that's kind of weird. They make three. And then Roger Moore's son and Silk are enjoying a breakfast together, but Mika's clearing the table. So that seems uh, seems a little weird, you know? Why isn't Mika invited well, to breakfast? <laughs> She's got to maintain her yeah. figure. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, when um, they have their breakfast though on the boat, Silk, she takes up a wine glass, and because uh, they're classic, they drink wine at breakfast. And uh, she, she, like, draws on it with her finger, even though she's just, like, smudging the same spot over and over. Then later, Mika picks up the, the glass and blows on it and, like, the, shows that uh, safe. Mika had written safe on it with her fingers. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, like, it was yeah. perfectly spelled out safe, real neat. And, like, when she was, like, she was just, like, smudging that glass back and forth, like, it's spelled out safe. <laughs> Um, so that good thing she did Mika, that. No one would have ever thought to look for this valuable thing in the safe. Yeah, because who would look for a valuable <laughs> object in a safe? <laughs> Unprecedented. Because we should remind people at the end of Do or Die, Silk, the good guys, turned Silk into a double agent. She she had enough of that Pat Morita bullshit. Always putting his feet on the desk without his shoes, wanting to get massages. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been nice if they had gone into how she turned it all or gave her some kind of yeah. story. <laughs> nope, just, just no, she's working for us. Well, well, if you remember it, like, yeah, yeah I don't Yeah, there was a whole thing where she got the necklace and put the thing on it, and that comes up again in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, but they didn't, like, really explain it in the last movie. It was just like, oh, yeah, she's on our side. No, now. you never saw anyone contact yeah. her or, you know, yeah. Make, yeah. <laughs> make an offer. <laughs> So uh, Mika knows that the jade is in the safe, so they distract uh, Silk has to go sex up Roger Moore's son again. And here, here's her first boobs of the movie. Silk uh, takes her top off. Congratulations, Silk. Looking great. Looking great, Silk. Big fan. <laughs> Big fan. And uh, so they have the sex, but they drug his wine or his champagne or whatever, so he passes out after I'm guessing, did they make this sweet, sweet love first, and then he passed out? Or did he just pass out before they made the sweet, sweet love? Oh, wait, well, is that Tuffy? Yeah, I think they made the sweet love first, right? All right. What if he passed Still out? Still, this is pretty deep. <laughs> like, he's yeah. two strokes in, and then just... <laughs> he's out. So he's done. <laughs> so while he's passed out, Mika sneaks in, and uh, <clears throat> she opens up the safe with a piece of chewing gum in a firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> She's the real MacGyver. <laughs> pop, and uh, it's like a bang snap, basically, that she threw at the safe, and it popped, 
And uh, so the safe opens. And then, uh, like, the yacht captain comes in. And I think yeah. this guy was – I think he was in Bachelor Party, this fellow, if I, if I noticed <laughs> on the IMDb. <clears throat> and he comes in, and he says, hey, what are you doing? And Mika, she just turns around and kills him. Bang, bang, bang. She just shoots yeah. him. Yeah. So he's There's dead. our first body. Oh, that's right. I, I, I'll be honest. I may, I may not have an accurate count on boobs and bodies. Did you guys count? <laughs> I, I was also counting. So. No, I should have kept. <laughs> All right. Cause, yeah, because I forgot. And then, like, about 15 minutes in the movie, then I was like, "All right, well, I'll start." I, I'm definitely. Yeah, I do have. I'm, I do I'm have pretty a question mark. There's one guy that I wasn't sure if it was an actual death, and there's one scene where I wasn't sure if I saw one or two boobs. So. <laughs> well, well, I'm pretty sure I saw all the boobs that were there. I was very uh, astute on that. But the bodies, I may have missed one. We'll, we'll compare numbers at the end. Uh, so Mika gets the jade, and she uh, has to get off the boat. So she just jumps into the water, right? She just jumps off to the boat. Uh, well, yeah. no, she had a little note about what her rendezvous point was. Then she burns that up, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Silk left her note. But apparently her rendezvous point is jump in the ocean, because that's all she does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She jumps in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then Cole, Cole Waters, who uh, we think he's a good guy, uh, he, he goes out on like a, uh, a uh, what do they call them, deals, Tuffy? A uh, wind. Yeah, wind surfer board or whatever. And he goes out and picks her up. So I'm sure they would make great up. <laughs> he's out wind surfing, and then he just goes back to his Jeep where she just meets him on the beach. No, no, she, she's, like, running <laughs> she in. Goes, yeah. She's running in with him. Like, when he's bringing in the surfboard. Oh, uh, okay. Like, yeah, it's implied that she rode in with him. Because, like, they're both running yeah. in yeah. from the sea. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing she does, Jank, when she gets back to the beach, what's the first thing she does? <laughs> well, first thing you do, obviously, after getting out of the ocean, is you go take a shower outside. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of staples in Andy Sedaris' films, the uh, remote-controlled planes and boats and cars and whatnot, rocket launchers, uh, ladies in hot tubs. We have one of those this scene as well. And also ladies taking showers, usually on the beach, <laughs> like outside. They're taking a shower yeah. outside a lot of times. And, uh, because you're yeah. being hunted and in the middle of a chase right now, there's no excuse for bad hygiene. <laughs> Well, you she want to get that to... salt water off of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so now we have our uh, second set of boobs because Mika gets naked taking the shower. So good luck on her. Oh. Yeah, she looks good too. Yeah, Mika she looks, looks good. Yeah, big fan. Um, so then she uh, gets dressed and she walks over to Cole and she says, "Hey, change of plans. I need you to take me to the airport immediately. I got to get the fuck well, out of here." Call. Did she call uh, Ava Cadell before that or after that? Uh, she tells him that she she doesn't know where she's going. She knows she has to get okay. out of town, so she wants her to he wants her to drive her to the airport. But then they call Ava Cadell on her radio show, and uh, mm-hmm. Ava Cadell is a, an, an agent. They give like secret codes out over the radio, and she tells her where to go, and um, like she tells her to go to Which? Arizona, right? To <laughs> Sedona, yeah. Sedona. I get that. I didn't quite understand why they're doing all this over the radio when, like, it's <laughs> her and a guy she doesn't know is a double agent in the car. Why can't she just call her on the fucking phone so everyone won't hear this? They know where you're going. Yeah. 
Well, well, no one, well, no one knows that they're giving codes out through the radio. You know, it's top secret. Yeah, no one could crack this. Or yeah, no one would know. Hey, you need to go. Oh, I'm sorry about your problem with your boyfriend. Go to well, this spot in Arizona. This very specific spot. Yeah, but if, <laughs> but no one knows that that show is associated with them being spies. You know, so like no one's listening to that radio show saying, "Oh yeah, well, uh, oh yeah." In theory. In theory, that's the the idea behind this. Um, but yeah, she could have just called her up and said, "Hey, Ava, where should I go?" But um, but Ava's yeah. busy doing her show. She doesn't want to interrupt the show, so she pretends to be a call. That's what Becky's for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, phone well, screen. Also, <laughs> Cynthia Brimhall's restaurant is also a radio station now in this movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Edie's place. W S X Y. Sexy. <laughs> so uh yeah so she's got to go to uh, arizona so she gets on the plane but she doesn't know that that coal guy is a double agent so he hears that she's going to go to sedona and uh he uh tells the bad guys right and so they dispatch yeah. uh so roger moore's I was a little confused because well yeah roger moore's son he he dispatches that fella with his uh with the parrot-killing helicopter. He says, you take that parrot-killing helicopter, and you go to Arizona. And uh, that's why they had to load it on the truck and everything, right? Because they had to take it to Arizona. Yeah. No, that was after they left Arizona, I thought. Yeah, they had to take it out in Arizona Hawaii, already. Yep. So that guy was just stationed in Arizona with the helicopter? Nevada, probably. Oh, Nevada. Or were they in Arizona? I don't remember. But that seems all right. It seems weird that he would be there. You think he would be stationed where Roger Moore is in Hawaii or whatever? I don't know. If that's uh, whatever. Yeah, because then we go out to the Pentagon. Yeah, we meet Lucas. Uh, where Lucas is? Yeah. <laughs> Dollar Lucas Store is... Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Yeah, he's uh, he's mm-hmm. Cynthia Brimhall's guy though. She she makes sweet sweet love to this fella a couple times in this movie. I think Cynthia Brimhall. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God, she looks amazing. <laughs> so, Getting the vapors. <laughs> wow, Jank likes Brimhall. Um <laughs> So yeah, he, they they find out they we have a scene at the Pentagon about the nuclear trigger hidden in a jade boot or whatever. Yeah. And, and then so, we see uh, Donna and uh, Nicole are just out hanging out in a river somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Donna and uh, Nicole were played by Roberto Vasquez. They're in bikinis just frolicking in the river. They're just splashing around, having fun, like, hee, I'm getting you wet, you're getting me wet. Oh, that's great. It's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I only remember Roberta Rivert, Vasquez and Jack Palance wearing a bikini. How <laughs> dare you? I remember this scene. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Jack always hates on Donna Spear. I don't know. I'm a big Donna Spear fan. Toffee, you're Team Donna, right? Oh yeah, Donna's great. Yeah, yeah Donna's great. <laughs> I, I no thanks. I thought Roberta looked really good in this movie as well. I yeah, thought, uh, yeah. Like, because uh, there's a few scenes where Roberta is running, and uh, those are awesome. Those scenes are great when Roberta <laughs> is running. Yeah, yeah, she runs very strangely. Well, <laughs> she's yeah, definitely. I <laughs> yeah, I think there's it's a for effect. Yeah. is probably telling her to run that way, yeah. Yeah, slow motion and everything. It's pretty great. Uh, uh, well, hey, Jenk, I, I know I've asked you this before, but uh, Sybil Danning or Donna Spear, you can only have one. 
<laughs> oh, Sybil Danning. <laughs> right. Clearly. All right. I mean, I would take Pat Morita over, <laughs> over Donna Speaker. How dare you? Uh, what a creep this jank is. Good Lord. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Mika shows up in Arizona, and uh, she's driving out to meet Donna and uh, Nicole, I guess is the character's name, and because uh, they're having yeah. a little picnic. What the fuck are they doing? They're, like, in Arizona frolicking in a river, and then they're going to, like, a tarp. They're ten- they're like camping in the middle of a desert in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a dune buggy as well. That's pretty cool. They, uh, yeah. They dune. Uh, so, yeah. So they they're they clearly see, on a uh, date. Like they, just, I know they uh, have sex with men in this movie, but clearly like. there's something going on with these two. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. But. Uh, so uh, Mika shows up. She's driving. Like, hey, here comes. Uh, oh, look, it's Mika because uh, she's driving here. But then uh, the guy with his parrot-killing helicopter flies in, and he just starts the shooting raven. Mika. Yeah, and he he just guns down Mika. Boom, 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 just kills her. Yeah. And, uh, and then he blows up their tarp. Yeah. <laughs> so Donna and Nicole are returning fire and shit with their handguns. And then Donna runs over to Mika to check on her. She's like, hold on, Mika, we'll get you out of here. And while she's not paying attention. <laughs> You've only been shot like six times. Walk it out. Yeah, it'll be all right. We'll get you out of here. And then Mika, she uh, subtly sneaks the gold and, uh, or the jade Buddha into Donna's little uh, fanny pack. And he's like, yeah, there you go. Put it in there. And uh, <clears throat> so Donna doesn't even know it's in there. Uh, but then Donna runs away from Mika because she has to take cover because that guy's still shooting at him. And then Donna and uh, Nicole jump in the dune buggy, and they start tearing off down the road. And Nicole's like, hey, what about Mika? And Donna's like, oh, fuck her. we got to worry about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was dead by then. They had checked her again, and she yeah. was gone. But, but I don't think they did check her again. That's the thing, though. Donna's like, we'll get you out of here. Don't worry. No, they did. I remember. Oh, they did? Yeah, Donna oh, went yeah. back and double-checked that she was dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Nicole just wanted to preserve the body for, you know, funeral or whatever. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, Nicole's you know the no like, no woman right behind. Do to it. <laughs> and Donna and Nicole in their dune buggy, and it's pretty thrilling, Jank. It's pretty thrilling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Missiles are firing. Yeah. Even the sheriff kinda, gets involved. You know what it looks like. You guys aren't going to remember this because you're not old enough, probably. But that. In G.I. Joe, they had a, kind of like a little helicopter. Like Cobra had a little helicopter in uh, G.I. Joe. It's kind of like a little sure. G.I. Joe helicopter. The missiles on the sides and shit shooting down. and <clears throat> So that's what kind of yeah, reminds me Yeah, of. that sounds about right. Yeah. Although I, I, I think it's just big enough for like one Joe, person to ride in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one person to yeah. the seater. But I think in G.I. Joe, uh, they never murdered a parrot with the helicopter. <laughs> Well, you don't know that. That could have been the, there, the more you know at the end of the episode. There was that one G.I. Joe. You don't let your parrots near helicopters. Do you remember, though? I don't know his name, but he was like a sailor. He had a sailor's hat and traditional sailor outfit, but he had a parrot on his shoulder he came with. Do you remember that guy? Uh, maybe not. No. Yeah, no. I can't remember his name. Anyway. All right. So uh, how, how does this big chase end? Does it, like, the cops so they drive... Are, yeah, well, they're out driving. They drive past the cops. So the cops turn around to start chasing the helicopter, but then they get their car stuck. So they go stand behind a billboard, and uh, the raven blows them up real good. 
<laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. before before other, they get blown up, other, they call out for backup. So they dispatch like three National Guard helicopters to come after the Raven. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I really wasn't paying that close of attention to some of this. Because um, I was wondering, like, why did he just give up the chase? Because he could have just continued chasing Donna and Nicole, at least with the machine guns or whatever, if he's out of missiles. But all right, so they had other helicopters coming on. He's like, all right, I got to get out of here. The yeah. Okay. Three National Guard helicopters. So he calls up his buddy number six and tells him to trail Donna and Nicole. Oh, okay. I missed that. All right. Oh, yeah. He was wearing, like, some black so then, uniform with, like, a karate gi or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like a bandana. A karate bandana. Like yeah, but then all he does is get on the payphone and call uh, the Raven and say, yeah, they're on a plane to Hawaii. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So they got on a plane to Hawaii. I kind of, like, missed all that as well. So uh, they fly to Hawaii. Yeah. Because I, w- I was concerned about all these locations. It seemed like people were, oh, wait, I remember. Yeah, because they show up at the airport, and then, uh, like, in Hawaii or whatever, and uh, uh, Nicole runs to the phone, the pay phone. I was like, oh, look at Roberta Vasquez running again. She's running toward the pay phone. <laughs> so that was yeah. great. <laughs> and uh, so they call up, and then they say, say uh, go ahead, Jack. Of these Sedaris movies, like, I wish there was a little less traveling because they spend so much time just yeah. like, here's how they got from this place to this place. Like, well, if yeah, there was I less traveling, it. then <laughs> Sedaris would have fewer airplanes in his movie. <laughs> yeah, there's really no reason why Donna and uh, Nicole are in Sedona. Just have them back in Hawaii. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, also, gonna end up they there anyway. leave Arizona to go to Hawaii, and Lucas has to fly from Washington, D.C. all the way to Hawaii. I don't <laughs> think Hawaii is the best, like, main base of operations for all this. Uh, no. <laughs> hey, I-, I was talking to a buddy of mine, uh, one of my writing trumps last week I was talking to him. He and his family, they all just moved to Hawaii because his job allows him really? to transfer. So he's like, where do you want to go? So his family, they, for some reason, uh, they decided not to move to Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Instead, they chose <laughs> to move to Hawaii. And they moved to the mainland. They've been living there now for a couple of years. And they, he says he loves it. He says it's great. You know, uh, but yeah. uh, I, I wonder if uh, this kind of stuff actually happens in Hawaii, where, you know, like there's uh, buxom blondes and uh, being spies and shit and chasing helicopters to kill parrots. That'd be pretty great. Well, if I know anything uh, from TV, it's either this or it's like the Saved by the Bell kids there for like the uh, summer or something. I think they were in Hawaii at one point. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but or I like the uh, the Brady Bunch with a cursed idol or something. <laughs> but I told my buddy I could never Fucking live Bobby. in Hawaii because I would get claustrophobic not being able to go wherever I want to go. Because I love the travel. <laughs> in fact, uh, I think he, I think determined he said, that was a lie. I think he said he got like a, they got a newer car when they moved out to Hawaii there, and because he knew I took you know my car, he asked me how many miles I had on my car because that's what everyone always asked me, and I told him I, I have six thousand uh, six thousand five hundred now because I've been going to hockey every day. Uh, but he, but he said they've been on Hawaii with this new car and they're already like over 40,000 miles or something. And it's just on an Island. Like, you know, they're just on an Island. Yeah. Now, Mike Dell, I think I bought my car like four, three, four months before you bought yours. 
Something like that, if yeah. I remember right. So you have 6,500 miles on yours? Yes. Would you like to guess how many I have on my car? 80,000. <laughs> 92,000. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot of miles. 6,500 miles. But yeah, I could never live on Hawaii. It would just be uh, so weird living on an island. What? I don't know. <laughs> hey, as long as you have a problem. giant eagle and a deck <laughs> hockey yeah. rink, I don't really think the island needs to be much bigger than those two places yeah. plus a house. I don't, I don't <laughs> think I'd have a problem living on Hawaii. I think it'd be okay. It'd be just uh, the view changes outside the window. That's all the changes for me. <laughs> Look, <laughs> it's a little sunnier out. That's great. But anyway... Uh, getting back to our, uh, our our Hawaiian friends here in uh, Hard Hunted. Um, so, they, yeah, they're all back in Hawaii. And uh, when do they find out that did they, they know that Donna has the Jade Buddha, right? Like the bad guys? Yeah, because the raven uh, yeah. called them and told them that luckily they were heading back to Hawaii where Kane already was. Because that's when he told them to pack up his marvelous <laughs> aircraft and head out to Hawaii. Oh, that all right. That's right. Yeah, because... Uh, because the Raven fella, he uh, he ransacked the dead body of Mika. He's like, oh, she doesn't have the uh, the jade, so she must have gave it to them. That, that damn Donna, Donna Spear. What's her last name in this movie? Donna. Uh, Hamilton. Yes, Donna Hamilton. That sounds right. Because everybody's <laughs> out to get to Donna Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> I think Kane kept calling her Donna Hamilton. Like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. get you this time, Donna. Yeah, he's he's crazy. So, again, just to recap, this guy was Pat Morita last movie. Now he's a, yeah. he's a British guy, like in his late 20s. <laughs> he was Pat Morita. So you think, like, Al Leong, who played the Raven, would have been a better choice. <laughs> Any Asian guy over the age of 30 would have been a better choice. So Bruce and Shane go to meet uh, Donna and Nicole at Molokai, um, but in a, a shopping upset, Donna and Nicole just flew like commercial out to Hawaii. They didn't have their own airplane to fly. On an American Airlines plane, then they got in their Molokai plane to fly out to the uh, airport. Because when they call Shane, he's hanging out with another lady uh, teaching her how to shoot cans. Becky. Yeah. Becky. Oh, yeah. You always have to show that the Abilene's can't shoot. Yeah. Busty Becky. I also like those cans, though. They were like Pepsi cans, but they had to tape, like, obviously <laughs> tape over the Pepsi. Instead yeah. of just coming up with, like, a fake label. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they put, like, blue and red electrical tape over the Pepsi logo. So they still had the, the <laughs> yeah. color motif. But, uh, no, it was those, black. Those, yeah. It was just a piece of oh. black electrical tape. Oh, I thought it was like blue and red steel. No, it's like a blue and a white, I think. Oh, blue and a white. All right. Something. Whatever. Yeah, um, I think he's hanging out with Becky there, if I would yeah, have to Becky. guess. Yeah, that's Becky. And she's in a bikini top looking pretty good in a bikini top. And, yeah. uh, and of course, uh, Shane Obelie can't hit any of the cans, but Becky, bang, 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 she picks them off one at a time with a chain. Yeah. So, uh, That's a pretty obvious yeah, joke, then, and it took, like, a long way to get there, so they could have done yeah. something better. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. And they've used it so many times. Yeah. Like, I probably wouldn't yeah. have had him him hit, like, shoot it all. Just have her shoot. And maybe that would have been a little yeah. better, a little, bit, a little quicker, you know? Um, but anyway. Uh, so or maybe finally that, he had something, at least one of the cans. <laughs> so they all made all these movies, he would have gotten a little better. Well, he does hit something later on in the movie. He hits a uh, rear view mirror. That's two feet in front of him. Yeah. Off of it. That was pretty good. But, uh, so, uh, uh, so, so, Ava well, Kyle comes to uh, Like, she says, hey, Mika's died, right? Isn't, doesn't she call Oh, yeah. Her? That sounds right. Yeah. Dude, Jack, Ava Cadell is fucking awesome. I don't or know Edie? why you're not like Edie. maybe tells him that. <laughs> you know, I liked Ava Cadell in the last movie, but... <laughs> I don't know. She's falling on rough times in this one. What are you talking about? She's awesome. <laughs> She's like third. She I think she has that civil Danning thing where she, you know, spent too much time in the sun. Kind of like her chest is getting real leathery. But uh, I'm a big fan of Ava. <laughs> Holy hell. Holy hell. <laughs> go look at a picture. In this movie. No, no, she's 38. Ava Cadell is like 38 in this movie. 37, okay. 38. But, uh... Go look at 38 a picture hard of years. Ava Cadell now. She's like 65, 66. She's still getting it done. I'll be, you know, I'll be <laughs> running Ava Cadell right now. So. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> She's still getting it done. So, yeah, all right. That uh, is a good-looking 65-year-old lady. Hey, look at Tuffy. He knows. He knows what's up. Yeah, like it doesn't look like she's 65. She looks really good. Um All right, so, uh, Tuffy, uh, where are we at here? They know Mika's dead. So they all can train go to the airport on Molokai to wait for Donna and Nicole to get there. And Cole uh, meets up with him, and he's kind of snooping around. Um, we cut to... Yeah, we cut to Ava and Becky hanging out in the hot tub while Ava's on the radio, I think. Yes, because yeah, you should always uh, use <laughs> electrical equipment when you're in a hot tub. Always use microphones and headsets. When you're in hot tub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> Ava's topless here. Becky's also topless here, so yeah, it's a nice little Yeah. <laughs> I like so that then, uh, uh, at Cole... the beginning of the movie, Shane was on the air, but then he gives it over to Ava Goodell, and she's just on the rest of the movie, like, days <laughs> at a time. Her shift never ends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're waiting at the airport. I think Cole maybe told uh, Kane what was going on, because then... Uh, like, right when Donna and uh, Roberta Vasquez arrive, we got uh, a guy in an airplane coming, a guy in a parachute coming, and a guy in a geo-tracker coming. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> All right, so Donna goes out. They're on an airstrip. Like, uh, it's just Donna's airplane, nothing else around them. Uh, and yeah. Donna is, like, Donna's preparing the secure the aircraft. Yeah. So she's monkeying around the airplane. This big muscle-bound dude with, like, a machine gun drives up in a car, parks the car, gets out. Donna never sees him. Never fucking sees him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he had to be driving at her for a couple yeah. hundred yards at least. There's a guy yeah. in a parachute lands, like, 300 yards behind her. She doesn't notice that. And, and uh, All right, so, so the guy, the big muscle-bound dude who shows up, he just walks up behind Donna and hits her with a stun gun and knocks her out. And she passes out. So then the guy who parachuted in walks over, and 
The only reason he parachuted in was to help the muscle-bound guy pick up Donna and carry her to an airplane. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that was the... Yeah. Like, the parachute why? guy, there was no reason for him to be there. No. It's just because Andy Sedaris wanted to have I was shot of somebody parachuting, so he did it. Because that guy, I, I'm pretty sure that other guy, he's like, but he didn't need to do that. Sure. He could have just had Donna parachuting later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'm sure that that one guy could have picked up Donna by himself. Like Donna's like 120 pounds or whatever. This guy's huge. Also, uh, you know, I, it was just so. Yeah, they picked Donna up and they well, walk her so over there. I'm going to guess the logistics of how the guy in the parachute came to be in the movie. Because uh, Donna probably didn't actually parachute later. So they had to have this guy probably parachuting there. And he said, yeah, but if I'm going to be in the movie, I want to do another parachute scene. <laughs> That's a possibility. <laughs> you can see my face. I'm not just playing they Donna. Just, they could have just had that guy drive up with that other dude in the car. There could have been two guys in the he, car. He didn't need to be there at all. <laughs> The guy in the car could have just gotten the airplane and left his car there. So anyway, this is, this is another observation about the movie, because uh, Andy Sedaris goes big on the airplane budget, always goes very cheap on the car budget. <laughs> uh, this movie featured, I think, two geo-trackers and a couple Volkswagen rabbits. But <laughs> my mother had a geo-tracker uh, back in the 90s. She loved it. It was like the favorite car she's ever had, a geo-tracker. Yeah, my uncle did, too. I'm not saying too. it's a bad car, but it is definitely an inexpensive car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, what about that dune buggy, Tuffy? Donna's dune buggy. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so they, they kid, the bad guys kidnap Donna because they know she has the jade, so they kidnap Donna. And uh, Roberta and the other guys, they run out, and they go, Donna, Donna. And then, too bad, they, she, they got her. So they're flying Donna now, Tuffy. And, uh, well, first there's a shootout on the airstrip because the, uh, the guy in the geo tracker <laughs> oh, just Shane shot. shoots the rearview mirror. Yeah, Shane <laughs> yeah. shoots the rearview mirror, and then uh, I think Nicole shoots the guy dead. Well, the, the guy's hiding behind a, a van or a trucker with the geo tracker or whatever. So Shane, uh, the, the the mirror he hits is like two feet in front of him, and he hits that by accident. Yeah. But then he he's yep. just shooting randomly, and a bullet hits the ground, shoots up, ricochets up, and hits the guy in the shin. So the guy gets hit in the shin, and immediately he decides to take uh, just wander out into the open. He just says, ah, I got shot in the shin. I'm just going to take like six steps out of the open. So that's what he does. And then, yeah, Roberto Vasquez just kills him. Bang, bang, bang. She kills a few people in this movie, Roberta Vasquez. Like, at least yeah. three. She's pretty deadly, this Roberta Vasquez. So, uh... <laughs> yeah. So they kill that guy. So now we cut uh, to the plane where they got Donna. And Roger Moore's son, he's like, hey, uh, let me talk to that Donna. So they're like, all right, here, I'll put Donna on the phone. And the guy just, like, shakes her leg or whatever. Hey, Donna, wake up from being shocked. And Donna's like, hey, what? where am I? He's like, wake up, lady. Wake up. So she wakes up. And then uh, doesn't he say, Donna Hamilton, I hate you? Or what does he tell her? He's like, ah, oh, Donna <laughs> yeah. Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> Miss Hamilton, well, I greatly regret now. that I'm not there to witness the moment of your death and defeat. Yeah. Take that, Donna Hamilton. Um, <laughs> His arch enemy that he's encountered once. But you don't fuck with Donna Hamilton. She's not just going to sit there and let them kill her. She starts beating the hell out of these dudes in this plane. Bang, 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 bang. 
she uh, she beat, beats up the one Luckily, guy. there's only him. one guy guarding her, and he just gets dis- easily distracted, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> she just chucks him right out of the airplane. Throw, shoots him right out of there. That was a cool and, shot. Uh, Watching she... that guy's body, Paul. <laughs> yeah. That was a real guy. I don't know if you can tell, but that was a real guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, then she puts on a parachute, and she goes up to the guy flying the plane, and luckily, that guy just happens to have a grenade strapped to his shoulder. So she ripped yeah. the grenade off his shoulder. <laughs> and she says, Pull, turn this plane around. And he's like, you don't got the stones, lady. And she says, oh, I don't got the stones? And she pulls the pin on the grenade, drops the grenade, and jumps out of the plane. And uh, Yeah, could he not see that she's wearing a parachute? So what does she I know. care? That's what I, that's what I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, clearly, she's got stones. Oh, she, hey! More, I didn't more like that. When, when you first said that, when you first said that, immediately, I was like, yeah, look at Jack giving her a compliment that she's a tough lady. But no, you were saying she actually has, has balls. That's what you were saying. You're implying that she's yeah. a man, and I don't like that. I don't like that. But, uh, anyway. Donna. So she parachutes out, and... Uh, Incredibly, yeah, that plane blows up real good, and Donna lands on a beach, but she somehow lands head first on the only rock on the beach, and knocks her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's also um, because Kane was listening on the radio, so Donna jumps out, but we still have to get a reaction shot of him fighting out the plane blew up, and he just yells, "Fuck!" Yeah, but the way he says it, it's like. It's funny, like you do that. Fuck. I don't know. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, I popped for that. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, might be going best knocked, quotes, honestly. She knocks herself out on the beach there when she lands, and now that uh, Rodrigo Obrego, or whatever that guy's name is, that actor who's always yep. the bad guys in all these movies, he comes along and he finds her on the beach, and he lifts up her head, and she's like bleeding from the skull. He's like, ah, she's all right. Let's take her back. So they, they pick her up, and they take her back. and But now Donna has amnesia. Yeah. Amnesia. yeah. And uh, Silk called uh, Ava Cadell to let her know what happened to Donna. Yeah. All right, so, but who who is this Rodrigo fella? Like, is he just a separate, like, drug runner, or what's his deal? Like, I wasn't yeah, yeah, I was very confused about so that. So I think he was the bad guy in, like, some of the earlier Shadaris movies, right? Oh, so he's playing, he's playing I, the yeah, same he, character, though? I don't know yeah, if it's the always, same character. I don't know if this is all in the same Sedaris universe or if he's a different, <laughs> just random bounty hunter, yeah, I, like I guess, I, in this movie. Everyone except Kane, they, they've murdered. <laughs> yeah, usually so yeah, plays, a different character. Yeah, he, this guy usually plays... I think he got blown up in a boat in the past. Yeah, like, he's, he's in all these movies, but he's usually playing different characters, so I don't okay. know. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I don't know what like what is his end game here with picking up Donna. Uh, I think like he's, he's going to get paid some reward or ransom or something. Uh, from but he uh, doesn't Kane. know. But it's not like he knows she has so a date or anything, right? I mean, yeah. No, no. I think Kane just told him to grab her. Is all they know. Uh, yeah, I don't so they're just separate how, mercenaries who just happen to hear this how, on like, the bad guy wire. They, like, yeah, he, they just happen to be on the island. <laughs> yeah, he wants it. On a parachute. 
Yeah, I don't know if that was really explained uh, how they knew who she was. Yeah, I don't think it was. Um, or Cole's out there too, so maybe <laughs> Cole knows those guys. Well, no, Cole Cole's shows up sneaking around in the woods. Yeah, Cole shows up because he thinks Donna landed there. Do they have a tracker on her or something, or how do they always keep finding Donna? I don't know. Like, how <laughs> <laughs> well, they, uh, good question. Uh, Silk, Silk calls Ava to tell them where Donna had, I guess, jumped from in the plane. How would she know that? Oh, because oh, she was the next to on the radio. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I guess they could pinpoint where she fell out of the plane. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, so Cole overhears that, so that's how he knows to go. Uh, I don't know, whatever. But, but Cole, it doesn't seem like Cole knows these mercenary guys, really, you know? Yeah, because I think no. Kane sent Cole out there. Who fucking cares? All right. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Donna, Donna has amnesia. That's the important detail here. Donna has amnesia. She doesn't know who she is or whatever. Uh, oh, Silk, uh, Silk also told the rest of the gang that Cole is a double agent here now. Okay. Uh, Which I guess they would have already known. I don't know. Yeah, who, again, who cares? This is all very convoluted. Andy Sayer <laughs> stuff. Um, but uh, I like this scene because well, Cole so Lucas, shows up and he... He sees Don. Oh wait, what? Uh, Lucas shows up and has sex with Cynthia Brimhall at this point, right? Oh yeah, yeah. he's got another unique Even James airplane Bond that he used to for fly sex. across the country. Yeah, that was another good <laughs> line. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they have the sex, and but but let's get back to Donna because uh, that uh, Rodrigo guy he he's got an eye patch and a big scar on his face, so he's pretty cool. And uh, he's holding her. But then uh, Cole shows up, and he sees Donna. Hey, he knows who Donna is, so he's like, I want to get Donna out of here. Uh, but Donna grabs the gun from Cole, and she's kind of <laughs> like, I don't know, is she not like a feral beast? It's like she can't talk. And she, yeah, I think it's like her training yeah. is just in eight. Like she because just knows one... how to disassemble and reassemble a pistol. Yeah. Well, too bad her train didn't say, put the gun on the guy instead of taking it apart in front of him. (laughs) Yeah, because you think she takes the gun from the guy, she's going to use it to to escape. No, she takes the gun from him, tears it apart, puts it right back together, (laughs) and then she starts to walk away from the guy. But then Rodrigo just walks up behind her and punches her in their head. Donna gets punched (laughs) twice in this movie. Like, guys just punch her twice. (laughs) By Gilligan's Island rules, that should have brought her memory back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, uh, Mike Dell, you said we're going to skip Cynthia Brimhall having sex, but this is uh, more boobs in the movie. I don't know why you would want to skip that. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She looks great. That's yeah, a real meat and um, But, uh, yeah, because maybe I'm jealous that uh, Lucas is having sex with Cynthia Brimhall. And yeah. Me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh so Donna is knocked unconscious again, and uh, the bad guy. I don't. All right, let's just keep, forget all the details. Um, oh well, we got to talk about one other scene. All right. So. Uh, oh yeah. At some point, well, Jank, you walk us through this because I think you know what I was going to say about the assassins. <laughs> oh yeah, the, yeah, the assassins, Wiley and Coyote. <laughs> They've been hired by Kane. Uh, so. First, they meet with Kane, and they're like, yeah, my name's Wiley, mine's Coyote. And they explain, no, these are code names. Yeah, they're not our real names. They're not our real names. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are pretty funny. 
They were doing a good bit. They were guys. great. Think, were they yeah, the same? Yeah, they were, uh, <laughs> were they the assassins in one of the other movies too? I don't think. Like do or die, they had. They the, might uh, have been one of the pairs in uh, Do or Die. Yeah. There were so many pairs oh, of assassins. That, the yeah, they were the like the the guys in the Bayou in Do or Die. Yeah, because those guys in the Bayou. Oh, like hot dog and just, something. They, they were <laughs> yeah. just arrested. They were arrested, but they weren't killed. Like all the other. So yeah, maybe they are the same guys. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know if they're the same characters, but they're the same actors, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. But Wiley yeah, and they're a good comic relief. Now, <laughs> but he, he hired, why does he hire them, though? To kill Lucas and Brimhall? Yeah. Yeah. That's the idea. <laughs> yeah. Because they got a cool new fan boat. Yeah, hover yeah, the manual. manual. He always puts money into fan boats, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is like the second Sedaris film with a hovercraft. That's how you know it's pretty great. <laughs> and both both the fan boat and their guns are made by the Acme Corporation. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> they say it in big letters. <laughs> so uh, they're hunting down Lucas and Broomhall, who are on a date uh, next to a guy who's fishing. They're yeah. hey, like Twin Lakes. Yeah. Here in Greensburg, PA, That's a great a date. date. Yeah. So the guy's like, sitting yeah. on a cooler fishing. Uh, Lucas, the real romantic, just walks over to the guy and says, hey, can I have some beers out of your cooler? Yeah. <laughs> can you spare a couple beers? And the guy says, all right, yeah, sure. Like, why? No, I don't know you, stranger. Fuck you. I'm drinking all my beers. How do you even know I have beers <laughs> in here? Maybe I have coconut water because I'm a health nut. But no, you just assume I have beers. And then he uh, he takes the two beers out and he goes over to Cynthia Brimhall. He's like, "Hey, baby, I got you two beers from under that guy's ass. These beers are right <laughs> under that guy's ass. Now we can drink them." And she's like, "Oh, I'm swooning over you, Lucas." And uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, they're like, drinking like, them, arms interlocked and shit. And they're they're, they're, they're at love. a picnic table, like literally like twenty feet away from this guy. Like yeah, if you want to make out and stuff at a lake, you know that's a good time. Don't kid yourself. Why do it, like, 20 feet away from the guy who's fishing? Why don't you go do it? Well, that's yeah. where the picnic table is. <laughs> I guess. You don't got a lot of choices. <laughs> so, uh, so Wiley and Coyote well, come they're up, into. and they're a little, uh, thank God that they were making out near on a picnic bench near a lake, or otherwise that hovercraft <laughs> would have been a complete waste of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not very Hawaii. That might be like the ocean too. <laughs> but but they had to be within ten feet of the shoreline for it to be effective. You know what I mean? No, because like, that hovercraft can go on land too, Mike Zell. That is well, the beauty of the I, hovercraft. I, I it's scary. <laughs> but that one, I don't know. If I don't know if it can go up land. like a beach. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it's not. really small and it's a little circular thing. And every no, time, I bet they, that thing can go up to all the way up to that picnic table without a problem. <laughs> But they, they drive up on them, and they start shooting. And every time they shoot, like, the boat's spinning and shit. So they're just shooting, like, everywhere. Yeah, they're not very good hitmen, turns out. I yeah. also like, uh, so they pull up, and Lucas, like, flips the picnic table, like you're going to flip it for cover from the gunfight, and the picnic table just, like, rolls into the water. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Because the fisher, I, I just noticed the fisherman guy saying, "Hey, I'm getting out of here," and he just goes running. He left yeah. the beer behind too, so they could always get more beer if they want. Uh, how, now they blow up their boat. How do they blow up the boat? I can't uh, remember. The oh, this is the best part. Two is a grenade. 
because they throw it in the boat, and I don't know if it's Wiley or Coyote, but one of them just says, exploding Wait. women's shoe. Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> what was I doing? I don't know what I was doing. I was, uh, I don't even think I was busting gyms. I think I was working or something. But, uh, so, well, put uh, the explosive on the end of the guy's fishing hook and then cast no. it out into the thought, boat. Oh, yeah, that's right. So wait, but the explosive then, is her shoe? Yeah, it's the heel of her shoe. <laughs> and then he hooks it and throws it out there. And then, then like, uh, yeah. Cynthia Brimhall is like, damn, baby, you sure know how to bait a hook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Cynthia, don't That's talk. Very good. All right, just stay in there. We're, we're, we don't need you to talk. I mean, really, the, the skill was more casting the line onto the hovercraft yeah. than baiting it with a shoe. Yeah. But. Like, one of the two assassins, like Wiley, we'll say Wiley, he jumped off the hovercraft in time. Yeah. But then Coyote got mm-hmm. blown up. And, but Coyote yeah. doesn't die. Coyote just goes flying yeah. in the air, lands in the water, and he's all, like, got to sit on yeah. his face and tears. What the because then Wiley asks him, why didn't you jump out or something like that? He's like, I'm a captain. A captain doesn't abandon his ship. I think that's what he said there. <laughs> but, uh, so, so the helmet he's wearing. The, the, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, the, the helmet he was wearing was, like, on fire and everything, and uh, it, yeah. that's pretty good. And they wheel him into the shore, and, yeah, they arrest him, and, and I guess they get these guys to tell them where Roger Moore Jr. is, right? Because at the end of the movie, Cynthia Broomhall is at the top of a boat, and they're like uh, they're speeding towards him on their boats. So I'm guessing they got them to flip and tell them where Roger Moore Jr. is. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, good guess as any. Bob, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one was not the strongest. I honestly couldn't tell where we were in the movie most of the time. I was like, is this the first act still? <laughs> like. When is this going to be over? All right, so we're getting close to the end. All right, so uh, yeah, Roberta now, Vasquez. Uh, Bruce, yeah, Roberta yeah, Vasquez Bruce. and Bruce Penhall took a seaplane out to wherever Donna is. What a fuck up this Bruce Penhall is, by the way, too. Uh, everything he does, he <laughs> fucks up, yet he still gets to have sex with Roberta Vasquez, which is, doesn't seem fair. But yeah. uh, <laughs> So they That's find Donna. Man money. They find where Donna is. And so they're going to go rescue Donna, but uh, they get into it with the other mercenaries and shit. There's a big shootout. Yeah, this so, was, uh, Bruce shoves a knife into a guy's belly. That was the guy I wasn't sure if he actually died or not. Yeah, I counted him as a death. I counted him as a death. Okay. Yeah, like, like Bruce, usually Bruce Penhall, when they tell you to like kill a guy with big quiet, you sneak up behind him and you cut his throat. You don't sneak up behind yeah. him, turn him around, and stab him in the belly. So then he can shoot his machine gun off in the air. <laughs> you dummy. And different strokes for different folks. So, uh, but anyway, there's a big fight with these mercenaries. And it, it eventually gets down to uh, uh, Donna and Cole escape. And uh, Penn Hall and uh, Rodrigo, the guy with the eye patch and the scar... They're fighting it out, and he captures Bruce Penhall because Bruce Penhall is a fuck-up. He can't do anything right, and he's about to <laughs> cut his throat with a knife, and Roberta Vasquez just guns him down. He's like, what are you going to do? And Roberta Vasquez just kills him, just shoots him anyway, even though he's right next Before to Penhall. Though, uh, <laughs> Bruce Penhall is like, what the fuck? <laughs> that guy could have killed me. Bruce blows the guy up. Was, it, was that... 
because Skip oh. is the guy who hangs out with Rico. Yeah. Rodrigo. And yeah, uh, he Rico. goes into a little hut, and then Bruce just blows up the hut. Yeah, with the grenade launcher kind of deal. Yeah, he blows that guy up. And uh, my, my favorite part of this, though, uh, there's a part where uh, Roberta is giving chase to uh, Donna and um, uh, Cole. And before she turns the corner of, like, the hut, she takes cover behind this tree. And the tree is, like, two inches wide. It is a spindly little tree that you have in your front yard. <laughs> and she, like, ducks behind it to take cover. It's so awesome. It's like, Roberta, come on, honey. That's not going to cover it. <laughs> There's a portion of your body You're not at a least. sized tree. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's pretty clever. Look at Jane. Size tree. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, Donna and Cole get away. And Roberta comes back and says, Penel, about you shooting him. And he's like, you, you could have you shot me. And she's like, I had to take the chance. Real serious. Yeah. Well, in my life, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I can do better than you, Bruce Penhall. It would have worked out. It would have been all right. So, yeah, so yeah. they go Cole back. Like a Bruce McCullum, kids in the hall. That's right. That's how Cole and uh, Donna get away. Cole has a jet ski, and so Roberta can't chase him on when they're on the jet ski, and they get off on the jet ski. Uh, but then later yeah. we see. Uh, uh, so everyone's trying to figure out where Donna is, and Ava Cadell is like still doing like radio broadcasts, uh, hoping to reach Donna. If, if only Donna can hear me or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Doing hey, Blondie. <laughs> yeah, Your Blondie. Your still looking for you or something yeah. weird like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I was going to say, all right. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> well, we get another they, scene here of uh, Cynthia Brimhall and Lucas getting after it. Yeah, oh, like yeah, they're about to have the sex. We see Cynthia Brimhall naked again, and then they get a phone call, and uh, they, 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 have, they got they little have trackers. A, they all have trackers for Silk's necklace, so they know that Kane is on the move or something. Oh, so yeah, they, I guess that's where they know where Kane is. Maybe they didn't get those guys to flip, so they're going to get in their yacht and they're going to chase down uh, Kane and his yacht. And then uh, we see. Uh, I think it was at this point. Is this where Penhall and Roberta Vasquez have sex? Yep, that sounds right. I guess it was like makeup for her almost yeah. killing him. <laughs> yeah, so she walks him out into like the, the beach and into the water, and she's like, let's have sex in the water. And, and it, this Roberta Vasquez, uh, they're in the water, and she gets naked. She's looking great. But she gets her leg way up over his shoulder while they're standing in the water. She's very flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think this, because uh, the water obstructs things, so I wasn't sure what the uh, boob count was after this scene. Yeah, I counted. So. Yeah, there's oh, two. I can see that. I counted, too, because you see the left, and then, like, later on, I think there's a shot where you see the right. You may not see both of them together, but I think you do see both of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and she clearly does not like getting naked because I feel like we're always getting shots of her from the side or like over yeah. the shoulder. Yeah, the, did she have the motorcycle sex in the yeah. Picasso trigger with that? Yep, with Bruce Penhall. Yeah, that fucking creep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, sorry, they have the sex. Now we cut to Donna and uh, her other the the Cole guy, and Donna still doesn't know who she is. She can't. She doesn't have any memories. So this Cole. He's a thinker. He says, oh, Donna, you don't remember me? We were lovers. Don't you remember that? Yeah. And she's like, pulls no, the old I, phantom rider. 
Yeah, I don't I don't remember that we were lovers. But, but he kisses her, and Don is like, oh, well, that felt pretty nice. All right, let's fuck. So uh, they have sex. And it's funny because after Roberta got naked, I was thinking, because, you know, I'm counting the boobs and everything, you know, we're only about 15 minutes left in the movie. And I'm like, well, Donna hasn't been naked in this movie yet. Usually we see Donna yeah. taking a shower, it was Donna a in a hot tub, Donna changing clothes in an airplane. No Donna naked. Then bang! As soon as I thought that Donna gets naked with uh, this fella, and they make this sweet, sweet love on the beach, and looking good, Donna. Don't listen to Jank. Jank's a creep. <laughs> You're looking good, Donna. <laughs> uh, so uh, they have the sex, and uh, but then after they ha- they're done having the sex, like he's out foraging for coconuts with a machete, and then uh, Donna's sitting there listening to the radio, and Ava Cadell's on the radio, and she says, "Hey, yeah. blondie or whatever." That guy you're with, he's a he's a double agent. Don't listen to him. And Donna somehow, she says, Blondie, well, she wait, goes that's me. A, she goes through a fanny pack too and sees her ID. That finds the Jade Buddha, finds her like secret agent ID badge, yeah. and uh, her little gun to remember who she is. Yeah. So yeah. her memory comes back. So then when that fellow shows all up, it takes. Again, they could have just played like a Blondie song on the radio, and she'd be yeah, like, Oh my I god, mean, great. Yeah, thinking yeah. of Debbie, Harry, and Donna at the same time. Look out! Out of embrace. Uh, so that guy shows back up, and with his coconuts and his machete, and he's like, "Hey, baby, how's it going? Uh, remember, we just had the sweet, sweet love." And then uh, she looks at him. She's real pissed. And uh, doesn't he say, "Hey, what's wrong?" He goes, "I'm not feeling that well," or something, because she realizes she just had sex with a guy who wasn't her lover. But then, uh, <laughs> nope. This is where Jank's quote comes in. Uh, Donna yeah. takes a machete and just rams it right through this guy's belly. And what does she say, Jank? <laughs> we were never lovers. I faked that orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, that's going to be tough to beat. I know we're only two yeah. movies into the next year of Golden Quesadillas, but that's going to be tough to beat for quote of the year. That's really good. I mean, Schwarzenegger <laughs> had some good kill lines, but he never went for that one, so. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, Donna. Donna's the best. All right, so uh, now Donna is uh, trying to get back to where she needs to go, but I, I guess uh, Roberta and Bruce Penhall are on the same island, right? So Donna finds a flare gun on the jet ski and, like, shoots the flare. Now, I'm not a survivalist. I'm not an expert in flares. But I think what you want to do when you shoot a flare is kind of shoot it straight up in the air. Not necessarily yeah, the idea. at a 25-degree angle to your right. I don't think that's what you really want to do. You want to shoot it straight up in the air. Ideal. So that's where people know, hey, that's where they are. She, like, shot it off into the distance on the side there. But anyway, uh, she eventually finds Roberta and uh, Bruce Penhall. And it's kind of weird because Donna seemed to find them way before they found her. She, like, uh, relaxed. She's like, hey, yeah. look, I see them. And then, uh, well, they're still trying anyway. to hide from uh, the Raven is out there with his helicopter now, too. Yeah, his parrot-murdering helicopter. Uh, so he's hunting them down with that. Uh, now this, Yeah, he's chasing them with a helicopter through this island. Uh, but... He decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to land my helicopter. I'm going to get out of my helicopter, and then I'm going to stand next to my helicopter with a joystick. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to wait for Donna, (laughs) Roberta, and uh, Bruce Penhall to just run up on me out of the jungle because I know where they're going to be. That seemed weird, right? 
why don't you just stay in your fucking helicopter and gun them down from the sky? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have much less chance of shooting you there. Yeah. So uh, he has. He says these weapons are all on automatic. I have this button pushed. So if you, uh, if, as soon as I release this button, all these machine guns and missiles are just going to blow you up. So I want you to throw all your weapons in a pile. So they threw all the weapons in a pile, and then he shoots a missile that blows up their guns. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? Yeah, why wouldn't he just <laughs> missile them first? <laughs> just blow them up. Yeah, yeah. So he's like. And they had to think they were getting blown up in that instant, right? Like, if they see a missile flying off this helicopter. Like, oh, my God. He yeah, it lands like you. 10 feet in front of him, if that. <laughs> it blows up all the guns and the knives as well. And uh, then he says, all right, give me the Jade Buddha. So Donna has this Jade Buddha. They're, like, 50 yards away. Donna just flips yeah. it. And, and like land, he, she's like Tom Brady, this Donna. <laughs> Bang. Touchdown. <laughs> right into this guy. He catches it, <laughs> and they're like, "All oh, this for a bait for a jade Buddha? Why? It's crazy!" And he cracks it open on his machine gun. He's like, "No, it's a nuclear trigger." And he holds up this little crystal ball box or whatever, and they're like, "Oh no, a nuclear trigger!" It's a a <laughs> relay is what they call it, I think. Yeah, but uh, so uh, he gets back in his helicopter. And he takes off, and then he calls Roger Moore Jr. And he says, "Hey, I got the the uh, the jade the the trigger or whatever. Um, what do you want me to do with them? Even though now he's in his helicopter flying away, and he says, hey, yeah. kill them, kill them. Like, hey, you could have told me that a little earlier. I could have killed him while I was on the ground, and I was right there. But they didn't have any weapons. But he's like, all right. So now he's just chasing him again in his helicopter." Which is where we were, you know, <laughs> five minutes ago. Well, because Bruce Penhall yeah. took, uh, took a shot in the leg at some point, too, I think, right? I don't even remember, but I hope he got it. I hope it hurt. Fuck Bruce Penhall. Because he's hobbling around <laughs> here when they're trying to run away from the Raven. Yeah, that guy's a creep. Hey, hey, Jank, remember that Bruce Penhall? I hate Bruce Penhall. He was originally the boyfriend of your girl, Taryn. Remember him and Taryn? Yeah. Oh, Taryn, yeah. He moved on real quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, Roberto Vasquez, you can't let that slip away. You see Roberto Vasquez. You know, you know. Listen, Taryn uh, was the real all-star of these Sedaris movies. She went away yeah, too soon. I don't know. I'm, I wasn't a huge Taryn fan either. I don't know. Not a fan. Oh, I loved her. Donna all day over She's Taryn. an all-timer. You're, well, you guys are Donna's great nuts. all, but Donna does not hold a candle with Taryn. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Tuffy. So anyway, uh, so the, the big chase is going on. Eventually, Donna ends up with like a, a, a bazooka or something, or a, mis- a missile or a grenade launcher. Well, yeah, a grenade, grenade launcher, launcher, I think, yeah. Yeah, because that uh, Raven guy, he's flying his helicopter right at Donna. Donna just takes aim and shoots him, and then we get a cut to uh, Raven's face, and he's like, uh-oh, which is pretty much what that parrot <laughs> right before he got sucked into the blades of the helicopter. <laughs> and uh, and Donna blew, blows him up. Boom, he blows up. And then uh, then she takes aim at the yacht of uh, yeah. Roger, <laughs> Roger Moore Jr. Yeah, he, And she's like, I'm going to blow you up. And she's pulling the trigger, but nothing's happening. And she just keeps pulling that trigger, but nothing's happening. Yeah. Nope. And then uh, Brimhall and uh, Lucas are pulling up in their police boat now, too. Yeah, so uh, Kane's like, I got to yeah, get out of here. Yeah, Kane wanted to finish her off. 
but then yeah, the yeah. cops are showing up, so he has to. And leave. I don't want to be uh, overly pedantic about boats, but there's no <laughs> way Kane's yacht is getting away from those police police boats. <laughs> but Tuffy, Tuffy, he did say, "Go now, Captain, full speed." So with full speed, they'll pull away from. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I still don't think that yacht's getting away from those little speedboats that they're riding on. <laughs> but he used nitrous. Yeah. Full speed here. So, but it, but I think he has a line where he's like, I'll get you next time, Donna Hamilton. And then, like, they yeah. got the Donna on the beach, and she's there with a grenade launcher. He's like, I'll get you next time, Kane, or something like that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, next time he must get Donna because that's her last movie. Oh, that is, ooh, yeah, All right. Donna gets killed. I didn't even think of that. I thought she just <laughs> the got Logan busy about the projects. But wow, yeah, what if uh, she gets, oh, man. We might have to watch that one. Tuffy, as soon as you get back from water skiing, we're watching that one, because i got to find out what happens. <laughs> <laughs> find out. If I know anything about these movies, I bet nothing happens to her. Yeah. She's just all of a sudden yeah. in the next one. Because uh, <laughs> after the next movie, like like Donna leaves, Cynthia Brimhall leaves, Roberta Vasquez yeah. leaves. No. Yeah. And like well, there, there are uh, new actresses, Julie. I think, that yeah, kind of slide into the main roles. Yeah, Julie okay. Strain comes in. Julie Strain is awesome. And then Ooh, uh, Julia, yeah. Julia K. something. I can't Smith maybe, but she's hot as well. She's a penthouse lady. So, yeah, we okay. get a new crop of ladies coming in. So. I'm not against so, that. <laughs> yeah. Fresh blood. I think you've won me back. Yeah. All right, so uh, what happens, is that how, it, like, what's the final scene? Usually there's a final scene where they all get uh, together. So the final break. scene is, is um, <laughs> Ava, Becky, and Shane are in a hot tub, and then Donna, Nicole, and Bruce are just eating coconuts on the beach. That's right. Yeah, they're having the coconut water. They're enjoying water. the coconut water on the beach. And, <laughs> yeah. And, but doesn't Ava, like, she's still doing her radio broadcast, yeah. and she's like, She's like, you're going to be in for some new... Because it kind of looked like Ava, Becky, and Shane were about to make three in the hot tub. Yeah, they and definitely like, were. <laughs> and she's like, you're about to have some great new adventures in the future or something like that. And then they cut to the beach and you see Roberta, uh, Penhall, and Donna laughing and up drinking the coconut water. So do you think they make three on the beach? Yeah, uh, or maybe just two, like Donna and Roberta Vasquez. Because, again, yeah. <laughs> like as soon as Donna got captured... All Roberta Vasquez cared about was getting her back. Not about, yeah. you know, the pending nuclear war. He's like, yeah, their little gotta dip out on the, uh, their little day on the river got interrupted by Mika showing up and getting gunned down, so they still got to finish the job there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a sequel I would like to watch. Don and Roberta. And Bruce, Bruce has that bad leg now, so I don't think he can really participate much. Let's hope not. Because I don't know if you picked up on it. <laughs> I hate Bruce Fuck you, Bruce. All right. You so really hate Bruce Penhall. So, Damn. Jank, uh, if you had to give an estimate, boobs and bodies, what do you think, Jank? Uh, um, I'll say, like, nine bodies, probably, like, 18 boobs. Wow. Probably too high. No, I, <laughs> according to my no. record, stuff. He got the boobs right on the wow. 18 boobs. Yeah. So oh, was, all right. Yeah. How many <laughs> bodies did you have, Tuffy? Uh, I stepped away from my computer for a second, so I'll get there. Uh, I had 12. I think it was like a Yeah, I had 12. Yeah, that sounds right. 
Because if you weren't sure about the knife guy, I counted the knife guy, so 12. Um, yeah, I think the knife guy made it 12. Yeah. So, all right. So 18 boobs, 12 boobs. Okay. Yeah. Now, the boobs. Uh, the ratio. Silk, silk, uh, we, we saw Silk naked. We saw Mika naked. Ava was naked uh, once. Cynthia was naked uh, twice. Uh, Becky yep. was naked twice. Roberta was naked once, and Donna was naked once. So there you go. That's how you get your 18 boobs. Yeah. Hard hunted. All right. So, uh, Jank, one out of ten. What do you think about hard hunted? Uh, probably give it like a five. Five? (laughs) What? What? A five? (laughs) I mean, of of the Andy scenario, okay, I'll say I said seven point five. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I just heard five. <laughs> yeah, I just heard five. Or maybe, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were saying five. It's like Sedaris has a seven, no matter what you do. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving to seven. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. okay yeah, seven yeah. point five, maybe an eight on a good day. It's not his best. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that's okay. fine. That's right. uh, yeah, you cut out or something because we thought five, and I was oh, okay. Five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I thought was, we were gonna uh, have to reformat the whole show. No more, no more new Larry. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need a new, new Larry. <laughs> yeah, this isn't one of the better ones. I don't, I don't think this is a great Sedaris film. Um, it's probably like Picasso Trigger level Sedaris, like that same level. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would say that's about right. Like Guns is better. I, w- I think Guns and Do or Die are both better than this. Um, yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, I'd, I'd give. I think seven is right where this should be. Seven for this. Puffy. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go eight, but yeah, I think we're all right in that. Yeah, it's yeah. in that range. So it's not one. The best of the real hard ticket to Hawaii and Malibu Express. And I think guns would probably be. Do or die should be up there. I like yeah, do or die, die. was yeah. fun. The do or die was really fun. Do or die great. was great. Yeah. Simple premise, just a bunch of assassins coming at him in waves. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice and simple. Unlike this, where it's let's travel somewhere and. I don't know. <laughs> I guess something will happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, next is Fit to Kill, and then uh, Warrior something. And, and then the, the final Warrior. One, they have the Warrior. And the final one is Le- Lethal Ladies Return to Savage Beach or something. And I heard tell that that yeah. was really good. Like the final one of the series is really good. So, uh, <laughs> wow. I'm a very little old Asian disappointed man. already right, that we're Return to Savage Beach doesn't even have Donna returning to Savage Beach in it. Or doesn't <laughs> yeah, like bring Donna, Karen back to Savage Beach. That's why it's yeah, Donna has that Asian guy from World War Two. He's still got to be alive. He's going back to the beach. <laughs> He's the, I guess they're talking about Bruce Penhall returning to Savage Beach. Yay, <laughs> Bruce Penhall. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I want Karen to return to Savage Beach. Hey, hey Tuffy. <sighs> Me too. Uh, this to God's ears. But this might mean something to you, Tuffy. Uh, do you remember Marcus Buff Bagwell from WCW Wrestling? Buff Bagwell? No. All right. Well, he was a wrestler during well, it was during the NWO era of uh, WCW and WWE. But he shows up in, like, the next two of these movies, I think. I think he plays a part. In, uh, <laughs> he's definitely in the next one. So, fit to kill. Wow. Yeah. You got a lady right. from Glow and a wrestler yeah. guy. That's so good. whenever Tuffy gets back from water skiing, we're watching Fit to Kill. Because i got to find out what yeah. happens to Donna. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we had, uh, she gets lost in a dream dimension. Yeah. We had a uh, best naked lady, I would say, was uh, 
Cynthia Brimhall in this movie, but uh, I'll oh, figure yeah. that out. I guess we'll take the She looked really good. We um, definitely had some best song possibilities here. Yes. The entire soundtrack yeah. sung by Cynthia Brimhall. Yeah. I think it was just yeah, two songs. Like, there was like the one song that they kept playing on the radio like over and over again. Yeah. What was the other song, though? Doesn't she sing another song, or is it just this song is the only one she sings, actually? There's like three songs, I think, uh, when I watched the credits. Uh, Another Day in Paradise, there's a song called Dangerous Lies and a song called Sooner or Later. I don't know what either of the other two sound like, but... Hmm. All right. They don't have a nice little dance to go with them, so they're probably not going to be... Yeah, she was looking good. She's doing a little dance there. Um... She really did. All right. Uh, so next week, Tuffy, you will not be here. So I guess, Jank, uh, it's your turn, right? So you got to pick us up a oh, winner. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm thinking I, ha- I have one in mind, but we'll see. I'm going to look around and see what else is out all there. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, I might try and reach out to Cousin Brandon because uh, I want to do a Columbo tribute since Tuffy's not here. Maybe yeah. it, I'll, uh, I'll let you know, Jank, because uh, I'd like to get Brandon good. here for it. So if he can be here, we'll do it next week. Absolutely. Um, Hopefully Brandon's not available. (laughs) (laughs) He's still busy working on that music show. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We're in June. Come on, Brandon. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) June. Uh, All right. What else is there to discuss? Anything? Um, Jack, do you want to bust out a top 11? Do you have a... Sure. Yeah, there's one of these I wanted to do uh, while we had Tuffy, so. Oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do that one. Uh, Do you have the theme song? I do not, but I guess I could uh, try and get it here real quick. Um, Let's see. I'm searching, but I don't (laughs) want to mess up my spot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's always, like, a 15-second delay from when I type something into the search window and it actually shows up. <laughs> so I'm waiting. And then a five-second delay from when you press play and it finally starts. All right, here we go. The numbers all go to 11. Celsius Hockey is All right, so a couple months ago now, maybe, uh, you had done some lists about, like, kind of forgotten kids' shows of the 80s and the 70s. Yeah, cartoon shows. you were shows afraid to touch the 90s. And... Yeah, because, you know, I really wasn't watching too many cartoons in the 90s, but, uh, yeah, there you go. So that's what I figured we'd do here. This would be more of a, maybe Tuffy will remember some of these. Yeah, nice. <laughs> these are more yeah. our childhoods, a little bit. Sweet. All right, so let's start at number. I I actually got probably fourteen. Some of these are ties. <laughs> Ooh, so we're going extra that innings goes on against, this one. That goes against the very nature of top eleven because you have to make the well, top. We, call. Have to, uh, we only have fifty-five minutes, Jank. So <laughs> I know. But the whole <laughs> point the of the top eleven. Pace. You have to make the tough calls, Jank. Somewhat they just don't make the cut. <laughs> they just don't make the cut. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to make a cut when you're like, I don't remember. I mean, I kind of remember some of these shows, but are many of them good? <laughs> Not really. 
It's not like they're more just these are our shows. Just to clarify, (laughs) uh, this top 11 list is not your – because I know you talked about doing 90s cartoons before, but these are not your favorite. These are forgotten shows. No. Right? Yeah, yeah. These are more the shows that nobody really talks about or remembers because half the time they weren't good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, these are kind of underrated, or under not even underrated, because they're probably properly rated by being forgotten. <laughs> this right. one, okay, so number 11, this is a show I vaguely recall, and I remember fucking hating it. Like, just as soon as I heard the name, like, I had a cringe and, like, a shudder go through my body. <laughs> uh, this is a show called Widget the World Watcher. Wow. No idea. <laughs> Never heard. Well, of let's it. hear a little bit of the theme song and see if this rings a bell. were tougher than I expected. But of course, they didn't have a mega brain unit. See what happens next. <laughs> yeah, I'd never yeah. heard of that before in my life. And, uh, <laughs> nope. I, I'm looking at you know, two, yeah, two, two seasons. 65, yeah, 65 episodes. episodes from 1990 to 1991. Yeah. Huh. I'm looking at his this picture. Like a he's like a little. That did, he's like a little purple yeah, that space did, alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like the same voice actor as the Ducktales, maybe. Yes, it definitely is the same voice of Huey, Dewey, and Louie, <laughs> oh. which is distracting because they're like that's a very distinctive voice, and you're not even trying to change yeah. it at all. Like you're doing the exact same voice. But yeah, basically, I, I, it was like he's a little purple alien who gets stranded on Earth. Uh, I think he's sent here. Um, because he's trying to protect the Earth from people who would wish to harm it. Uh, but really, it's it's trying to be more educational than anything. Like It's like Captain oh, Planet, big. but even lamer. <laughs> like, yeah. we got to teach people about pollution and shit like that. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Every episode's a very special episode of Widget the World. Yeah. Watcher. We're going to teach you, you about self-esteem this week, kids. It's going great. How about this you guy's fuck like off, the, Widget? This guy's like the Bruce Penhall of cartoons. Beat it, Widget. We don't want you here. <laughs> yep. We don't like your kind. All right. <laughs> All right. Yep. Hey, do number, do number 10, but just play the song first, and let's see if Tuffy and I can recognize it. Oh, sure. All right, number 10 is a tie. Um, I guess I won't tell you what the theme is on this tie until we play oh, the yeah, yeah. song here. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
name is Zeta. I was built as a weapon to destroy, but I will not destroy anymore. Okay, uh, that was the Zeta Project. This was like really end of the 90s, I would say. Uh, this was a spinoff of Batman Beyond that nobody wanted. <laughs> I'm not sure why they made <laughs> Like Batman Beyond was a good show. It was a good cartoon. But then they, there was a character on one episode, like this robot who was like, you know, created by the government to do assassinations, but it decided it didn't want to kill anymore and it went on the run. And they're like, yep, we're making a show about that. And now, like Jake, the animations, is, uh, forgotten what? shows of the '90s. This aired from 2001 to 2002. <laughs> uh oh. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jank, caught you. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> that's why you're my research 14, failed me there. Because you're cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm adding on to the decades. <laughs> yeah. The Zeta Project, Z-E-T-A. Yeah, I never even saw anything that resembled this. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think I tried watching it. It wasn't very good. Um, it's just kind of the fugitive, but with a robot. Okay. Mm. Um, but the animation looks really cheap. Like, the Batman Beyond like looked good. It looked like the Batman animated series. Like, it was well done, and they put time into it. This was like, they were trying to make it more for kids. And for some reason, they made it look dumber. You're <laughs> just like, I hate this. <laughs> All right. Like, kids hate things that look good, apparently. All right. So the other, the tie here, this one did start in the 90s. I can confirm that. <laughs> uh, this is also a comic book show. Uh, hey. That's why it's tied for number 10. <laughs> I had to cut oh, out there because it? it really there was no words or anything in that one. So. Oh okay. Uh, <laughs> was that a Spider-Man thing? Yes. <laughs> Good call. <Ooh. laughs> was it like that three-dimensional uh, you... kind of computer animated shit or whatever? No, that was the MTV one uh, that came a little bit later. This was like right after the '90s Fox Spider-Man cartoon show went off the air. Like, they still wanted to use Spider-Man. I don't know why they canceled the fucking show to begin with, but they're like, we still got to have some kind of Spider-Man content. And uh, 
they were originally going to do like a uh, like a motion comic version of like the early Spider-Man stories, like the Stan Lee, Steve Ditko stuff, and just do it kind of very cheaply animated motion comic style. But I guess because okay. of the movie rights or something, they were unable to do that. <laughs> like couldn't use that stuff anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> they basically had to come up with something out of you know scratch, basically. And they came up with a show called Spider-Man Unlimited. Lasted one season, 13 episodes, <laughs> from 1999 <laughs> to 2001. <laughs> 13 episodes over like over two years. Two years? Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can tell that's, that's a problem. They must have taken it off the air and then be like, oh, we got, you know, we finally have a hole in the, in the, uh, the programming lineup. Let's put it in here. But uh, this show was terrible. I hated every second of it. <laughs> it was basically all about, like, uh, like the counter-Earth, you know, where, like, the high evolutionary has that counter-Earth on the other side of the sun. Yeah. So it's about that. Like, where Spider-Man, I think, like, I think Venom and Carnage got on board some rocket that was going there with John Jameson in it. And so Spider-Man sees this, and he... he jumps on board, too, to try to stop Venom and Carnage, and they all end up on this counter-Earth, and it's all just them interacting with, like, animal people, and he's still trying to, like, live a normal life over on counter-Earth or something. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah. I've never heard of it. And there's, like, weird counter-Earth versions of the Vulture and some villains, like Green Goblin, I think. Like, why? <laughs> it's like a planet of weird animals. Why would there be a Green Goblin? Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost more like they couldn't figure out if it was another planet or an alternate universe. It's like, pick a lane and stick with it. All right, Spider-Man. I I didn't expect to hear Spider-Man cartoon on this, but all right. Yeah. Yeah, the the regular Spider-Man cartoon was great, but this one, people just kind of have chosen to ignore it. It's a good choice. All right, number nine. upon his family by driving the evil serpent men back into another dimension and vanquishing their leader, the cruel wizard Rathamon. And that's the Conan O'Brien cartoon that aired in the <laughs> yeah. 1990s. Nailed Conan. It. Yeah, I don't remember any Conan cartoons. Nope. Yeah. It lasted uh, two seasons, 65 episodes from 1992 to 1993. Uh, this oh. is, I want to say, on, like, Channel 50 by us, like, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the channel that UPN was on. UPN? Like, yep. <laughs> yep. I remember this being huh. on early in the mornings all the time when I was a kid. 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> Unlike Conan, the comics or the, the movies or stuff where it's like very violent and you know scantily clad women, they had to yeah. tone this way way down for, uh, <laughs> for Saturday morning. <laughs> it's sort of a and uh, basically the women are wearing parkas. <laughs> Like he's still fighting these like snake people. Um, that like if he he's got these magical weapons made out of like space meteors that if you get him near the bad guy it'll show their snake face. But if you even touch him with your sword or your weapon or whatever, they get transported and they get banished to another dimension essentially. So there's no like stabbing or anything. It's just like, hey, if you just touch him with this, they're gone. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So yeah. yeah. Kind of... <laughs> hey, by by the Not way, exactly the, uh, the type of thing you expect for kids. The Dana Carvey David Spade episode with Conan O'Brien is pretty good. I listened to that one. Yeah, yeah, I like I love Conan. His his podcast is great. Yeah, I don't yeah. really listen to it too much. Um, if uh, ever, by not much, I ever. I don't think I've ever listened to it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, he has a lot of the same guests that uh, Dana Carvey and David Spade do. <laughs> no. Pretty good. All right. All right. Let's right. uh, well, see about number eight here. And then, from the field of the future, a new king will come to save the world of the past. No idea. When I saw the name of this one, I didn't remember it, but then I saw the art, and I'm like, oh, okay, I do remember that. Um, this was King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Uh, two sure. seasons, <laughs> 26 episodes lasted from 1992 to 1993. Um, I remember this being on like on some shitty channel, like, 26 maybe or something like that, where it would be like yeah. on 1 o'clock in the afternoons on a Sun, like a Saturday, like I remember being at my grandma's house and we'd be looking for things to watch, and this would always be on. And I'd be like, "Oh, I hate this show." Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Jank! Apparently, it's on Tubi. You can watch it on Tubi. So, oh, good. Yeah. Relive all my favorite memories. <laughs> but yeah, the premise of this show was uh, it's back in King Arthur times, and like King Arthur and the knights get abducted or something. So Merlin has to find some new knights at the round table. And he goes to the future, like modern day, and gets this guy named Arthur King, who's a quarterback for a football team, and he takes the whole football team, and they're all going to be the new Knights. <laughs> Sounds pretty great. <laughs> what a premise. <laughs> Still better than Kicker's Inc., I guess. Hey, how dare you. <laughs> Tuffy loves Kicker's Apparently there was... <laughs> Apparently they were supposed to go around and uh, collect like 12 magic amulets, but the series ended before they did so. so. Uh, 
That's a shame. We'll never know what would happen if they got those amulets. All right. Well, we'll see about number seven if you guys can get this one. Give it away at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the music should sound familiar. Uh, it was Tales from the Crypt Keeper was a show that was on ABC for three seasons. Uh, total 39 episodes. Apparently, it says 1993 to 1994 and then 1999. So they took a big old break there, oh. I guess. Yeah, before bringing it back for season three. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically just Tales from the Crypt, but, you know, toned down for kids and the cartoon version. Um, again, weird thing to try to make for children. <laughs> yeah. That show was like super gory, or like, I don't know about gory, but violent, and uh, there's a lot of nudity in it. <laughs> so. Yeah, that is weird. Let's make a Tales from the Crypt. 90s yeah. was a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch one episode of this on YouTube, um, and it wasn't that great, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, I'm shocked. <laughs> Not that scary, gotta say. All right, uh, here is numbers. We're up to number six here. Uh, this is a tie, so I got two of them here. Um, here's the first one. No idea. I don't know nope. any of these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, uh, this was Mighty Max, based off of the toy of the same I name. I had no idea that Mighty Max was a toy. I have no concept of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah Mighty Max was basically like, uh, oh, really? These were like uh, Polly Pockets for boys, <laughs> essentially. Like, uh, they're little heads of like, monsters. <laughs> All right. There'd be like a little monster head. It'd be probably yeah, I don't know, like three inches tall. And then you yeah, open the them up, and it creates like a whole familiar. world inside. Yeah. And then like you have like a little figure, like a little Mighty Max figure that you can go around, and there'll be like a villain that you get with each one. And uh, sometimes another figure. But they're all like very tiny. You can fit, in, fit the whole thing in your pocket. But yeah, the show was basically about... Yeah. 
this uh, this kid Max, he becomes like this chosen one who wears this special baseball hat that can open portals. <laughs> my, spe- <laughs> my special stabbing hat. Hey, Ogilvy McDonald. Yeah. My lucky stabbing hat. <laughs> yeah, and he's got like a bodyguard and this this chicken guy that kind of helps him out. Um, I, I remember the final episode of this show from when I was a kid, and I always thought it was great when I was a kid, but now as an adult, it fucking makes no sense. But basically, <laughs> like, it gets pretty dark. Like, he's supposed to be defeating this guy. Um, what, I forget what his name was. Um, it's like it's this big skeleton guy. He's the big villain of the show. And uh, the whole thing has been about him trying to defeat this guy. And then in the last episode, like, his two buddies just get murdered. Like, they both die. <laughs> and then Max basically loses the hat. And uh, it's like, oh, oh shit, he lost hard. <laughs> but then, like, somehow he's able to open up a portal, like, into the past and go back to the beginning of the show. And, like, he's like, oh, okay, now I get to do everything different, but I know now I know what's coming and stuff like that. So it kind of like resets the show. So when you watch it in reruns, it's like, oh, okay, it makes sense because now you get to see it again. It makes sense why I'm watching this again. But yeah, it's the fact that he does nothing different. It just kind of yeah, that's a stupid. The, I was gonna say loop. That's kind of the <laughs> yeah. problem there. He's not actually doing anything yeah. different. Like it seemed clever <laughs> when I was a child, but now yeah. not so much. <laughs> 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 That's good. All right. All right. Well, the the other the tie for six is also a toy tie-in show, which is uh, based on a toy. So here we go. Let me tell you about the moonlight and night When creepy crawler goop mandos came in a flash of light All this blue goop came pouring out and then they appeared And they each got different powers, so they're all kind of weird You could say I made some new friends, even though I'm not sure how But you know Goob and Grimes have my magic maker now He's making evil crime rhymes, I've got to stop somehow I think that was Creepy Crawlers. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know what gave it away. Yeah, I don't know any of this. Although I am kind of relieved that I don't know any of these cartoons, because that would have been really a little scary if I knew all these cartoons, because I was like in my 20s in the 90s, like in the late 90s, so that would have been a little weird if I was yeah. aware of all these Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know this one. I don't know this one. I never watched this show at all. I, I didn't even really know it existed. Tuffy? No, I've never heard of this. <laughs> you know what creepy crawlers are, though, right? No. Uh, they sound familiar. Uh, creepy crawlers was basically an easy-bake oven for boys. <laughs> but instead <laughs> of making cakes and shit, like, you just put goop in, like, a little tray and would make, like, uh, bugs and snakes and shit out of it. Um, like, weird, colorful, day-glow bugs. <laughs> See, uh, when I was them. a kid, when I was a kid, uh, we had, you could buy these little, it was like a little red plastic, like, octopus or something, and you could throw it against mm-hmm. the wall, and it would kind of, like, 
climbed on the stick with it. Like, <laughs> throw them at walls and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like out of the quarter right. machine and stuff, yeah. Right. Yeah, so go. basically that was pretty much the premise of the show, too, I guess. Like, this kid was working in a magic shop and put a bunch of the green ooze in, like, a little, you know, creepy crawler machine and somehow created these goop mandos. <laughs> these goop weird mandos. characters based on bugs that would kind of help him fight the evil, you know, goop creatures. Sorry. Creepy crawlers. <laughs> The sad thing is that theme song is not nearly as good as the the theme song from the commercials. Like that theme song was better, so they they took a major step down there. It's not better than the Monty Chi theme song from the commercials. <laughs> no, nothing's better than that. <laughs> Monty Chi, Monty Chi. Oh, I thought it was oh so soft and cuddly. Is that what it was, or what was it? Remember, I, I had it wrong. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh shit. I don't know, which way did you think it was for all that time? Because that's the wrong one. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I, I used to think it was, oh, you mean the world to me. And it was, uh, oh, so soft and cuddly. So I really love the Monchi Cheese, because they meant the world yeah. to me. Yeah. All right, number <laughs> five. All right, number five. We don't know where he came from. He just showed up one night. What is that thing? He's not an alien. What is he? We think he might be a ghost. Be serious. He wants to be friends with us. He can't hear and he can't talk. He can read anything. He takes letters and he writes with them. We're the only ones who can see him. That means he wants you on the team. You have to promise never to tell anybody about Ghost Rider. Hey, cool. We're the Ghost Rider team. We check out clues and solve mysteries. He's a ghost and he writes to us. Ghost Rider. What a trip. <laughs> what a trip. <laughs> ghost writer. <laughs> he's, he's a yep. ghost, and he writes to us. <laughs> that theme song really explains the whole <laughs> meat of the show right there. <laughs> ghost writer. This was, uh, this was a PBS show sponsored by Nike. <laughs> Last by three Nike? seasons, 74 episodes. From Holy 1992 hell. to 1995, this this had some big names behind it. Like Spike Lee appears in this at one point. I think he may have had something to like. He may have had something to do with it getting made. Um, wow. the, I tried watching this again because I remember watching this when I was a kid, and like the first episode, Samuel Jackson's there. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> Holy oh, and you know who was in like the second arc though? I was looking at. There's a lot of people that was in, that were in the show. Like, Julia Stiles was in there, Spike Lee, okay. Judge Reinhold, Daisy Fuentes, hey Ahmad, and Felicia Rashad. <laughs> I'm a big Dr. fan Dre. of Daisy Fuentes. Big Daisy Fuentes yeah. fan in the 90s. Oh, she was great. Yeah. But most importantly for you, Mike Dell, in the second arc, Max Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn <laughs> Bra. 
Brian, get in the car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Willie from Alf. Yeah, that's right. He was great. <laughs> <laughs> he plays like a video store owner who uh, whose store catches on fire. You'll never guess who oh, set no. the fire. <laughs> One of the, the crack <laughs> addicts that he smoked a crack with in the back room. They set it on fire. <laughs> nope, inside job. He did it himself. Oh, no. <laughs> Max, right. <laughs> when will you learn? <laughs> All right, number four. All right. These are the tales of the skeleton warriors. I definitely remember the figures. I didn't know there was a show, <laughs> um, but apparently there was. Only lasted 13 episodes in 1994 um, on CBS. Yeah, like the, they call it Skeleton Warriors, and the Skeleton Warriors themselves look cool, but they're like the bad guys. And the show isn't really about them. It's about like the lame-looking hero, like human heroes. <laughs> so it's like, oh, the people really that being fight sold the a bill of goods here. The people who are the <laughs> yeah. Skeleton Warriors. They fight the skeletons. They're the warriors. But uh, oh. yeah, I don't remember any of this. Uh, I was like 19 at the time, so that's probably why. But Tuffy, uh... <laughs> yeah. do you remember these at all? No. <laughs> the skeleton guys look cool, but I can't imagine anybody ever wanted like an action figure of the heroes. They're fucking stupid. <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> oh. Fucking clown shoes. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do number three. Get the funky fresh rabbit who can take care of him! Fucky! Captain Bucky! 
the funky fresh rabbit. You can think of. <laughs> yeah, I really Bucky like O'Hare. that song. Now, I don't remember <laughs> yeah. the cartoon, but Bucky O'Hare I'm aware of because he comes from the comic books. He started in the comic books. He's yep. created by Michael Golden, who is uh, a very Hama. famous. Uh, yeah, very fam- Larry Hammer from G.I. Joe fame. But Michael Golden is Mike L's favorite comic book artist, and uh, we've talked about him many times yeah. on Flea Market Fantasy. But, yeah, I don't remember the cartoon, but I know of Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, apparently he, I think they created him in the late 70s, but he didn't actually, like, appear anywhere until Echo of Futures Past, number one, in May 1984. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he's like a green-skinned rabbit who had this all-animal crew um, that had, like, you know, human smarts and stuff like that, and they would fight against toads, the, the toad empire. That's right. Toads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, thirteen episodes only. <laughs> oh, but the that. show, I, the uh, the show's finale episode was uh, co-written by Neil Adams. Hey, cause he's also a little bit of the co-creator of Bucky O'Hare, I guess Neil Adams. So. Oh shit, that's pretty good. How about that? Yeah. All right, All right the two left. Yep, uh, well, this is a tie. I'm just going to play one of these so we have time to get to the number one. <laughs> yeah, we're running um, out of time. So here's 2A. Hammer Man! Hammer! Hammer Man! Hammer! Whenever there's a crime, some crooks are going to do time. They all better beware, because the Hammer Man will be there. Here's how it started a long time ago. The legend of the Hammer and how it began to grow. He was given magical shoes from a hip-hop Motown dude. Together they had power. They stood up for what was right. But Gramps was getting old and he couldn't keep up the fight. Right. So Gramps and his granddaughter, they went out on the road to find a man they knew could get who was worthy of the load. They met a guy named Stanley who was dancing every night. He helped the kids play every day. His heart was out of sight. So Gramps Opened up the bag and took out the magical shoes. He set them on the ground and they soon began to groove. The shoes knew at once they had finally found their man. They hopped right on his feet and he became Hammer Man! Hammer Man! Yes, MC Hammer, Hammer Man. <laughs> I, I never watched this cartoon, but it, this came out in nope. one, so I was like 16, but I remember it existed. I do remember that Hammer Man was a thing. So, uh, so briefly, yeah. apparently. Only 11 episodes. Yeah. Hammer. Hammer Man. Hammer. That's Dude, honestly some of the worst rapping I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Dude, you, you guys don't, like, you were too young probably, but, like... Like, when uh, You Can't Touch This came out, I was, like, 15 or 16 or whatever. And it was, like, so huge. Like, everyone fucking yeah, loved it. Yeah, oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. He, Between that and I saw Baby, like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those two, two guys were just nuts. massive for one summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ham on man. Yep. Ham on man. That theme song pretty much explains it, but, yeah, like, some old blues guy gives him, like, a pair of magic shoes. Magic and... shoes. <laughs> <laughs> So ridiculous! Put on his magic shoes. What What was the other one that was tied with two at number two for you? Uh, it was Super Dave, Daredevil for Hire. Super Dave Osborne? Yes. Well, play it. We got five minutes. Play the clip real quick. 
When lives are at stake and the danger too great, there is but one hero daring enough to rise to any challenge. He's incredible. He's spectacular. He's Super Dave Osborne. Daredevil for hire. Bob Einstein, <laughs> Super Dave Osborne, he's great. Yeah. I don't remember that cartoon at all. What year did that come off? Uh, that was 1992 to 1993, only made it 13 episodes. <laughs> um, uh, I don't remember that. It looks nothing like Super Dave is the problem. Like, I think that... <laughs> I'm looking at the me hurts yeah, it. He's like, like a square-jawed, like barrel-chested. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> but you know what they did have is like apparently at the end of each episode, like you'd actually do like a live action clip of uh, you know Super Dave, and he would get like blown up or something. So that's always good. <laughs> uh, poor Bob Einstein. <laughs> All right, so uh, number one, uh, we better play the clip because uh, we'll run after midnight. But I yeah. think the soundboard definitely shuts down at midnight. So uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I got to make sure we get this clipping because this one's just for you, Mike Dell. Ooh, nice. I don't even really remember this show, but I was like, oh, this is a Mike Dell show right here. I hope it's a cat. Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. I I don't remember ever watching the cartoon, but I do remember Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Like I do remember it was a thing. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I didn't remember the title, but again, once I saw like the artwork, I'm like, oh, okay, I think I remember this being a show. Captain Simeon. This was uh, one season, 23 episodes, 1996 to 1997, uh, produced by a company called Monkey Shine Productions Incorporated. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my best bit. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember these guys. I hired out working there. I remember uh, this art and everything, yeah. But I never watched the cartoon, but I do remember this was a thing. Captain Simeon. Yeah. Apparently the pilot episode was called Yes, we have no bananas. <laughs> and the second episode was called "We Still Have No Bananas." Oddly enough, which also the title of my autobiography. Yes, we have no bananas. Um, <laughs> hey, there's some famous people in this. James Avery played Gorilla, 
that was Uncle Phil, right? James Avery on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh yeah, I think that was he played Shredder Dom, too on Ninja Turtles. Comedian Dom Herrera plays Spidor. Michael Dorn plays Nebula. Wasn't he uh, Worf on uh, Star Trek? Yep. Michael. So how about that? Yeah, that's a good one there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, Smokies. <laughs> Apparently, it was like a NASA, you know, they were shooting chimps off into space. One yeah. of them happened to get picked up by some aliens that, you know, gave them super intelligence. <laughs> and they were like, hey, you're the only hope against this army. <laughs> Go get yourself a crew. And, of course, he just went to Earth and got more monkeys. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> yep. Someone told me to get a crew together. I'm getting monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, good job, Jank, cutting all that up and researching all that nonsense. Um, yeah, so I, I never, Tuffy, you never watched any of those cartoons in the 90s? I mean, you were a 90s I don't kid, think I've ever know? heard of any of those cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. they are forgotten for a reason, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it lives up to, yeah, to their I was going to say, uh, at the start of this, that, like, I didn't have cable as a kid, so if any of these were on cable, I wouldn't have uh, seen them, but, uh. No, I didn't either, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of any of these, I don't think. <laughs> Man. Yeah, these are all regular channels. How about that? It'll, uh... You must have been out getting it, it done. Yeah. No. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was probably what was happening. <laughs> I was out shooting hockey. <laughs> I wasn't getting it done. I'm still 40 years later. I'm still just going out shooting hockey. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. Well, yeah, good job, Jank. Um... Yeah, like, what would be some of the, like, the uh, favorite cartoons of the 90s? I do remember, like, something like that. Oh, uh, I like could Duck do that Tales. as a whole. That would be a whole separate list, probably. Like, DuckTales was <laughs> in the 90s, right? Like, uh, Hell yeah. Hey, yeah. Remember, remember Chip and Dale Rangers? Rangers? Oh, Darkwing Duck? Yeah. I watched Darkwing Duck. I watched the shit out of that. I don't know how old I was, but I watched the shit out of that. Uh, what about uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers? Watched the shit out of that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Animaniacs? Loved Animaniacs. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so good. And Tiny Toons. That was good, too. Yeah, Tiny yeah. Toons was great. All those yeah, Steven yeah. Spielberg ones were great. Hello, Nurse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was all good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got the DuckTales uh, theme song. It's one of the greatest things ever made. DuckTales, woo-woo. Do-do-do-do-do. Good times. All right. Well, I guess uh, we're done here. That's the Big Fake Radio Show. Thanks to uh, Tuffy and Jank and Andy Sedaris. And, uh, yeah, we uh, flea Thank market you, Andy fantasy. Sedaris, for keeping up your, your rigorous casting couch sessions. Yes. That give Three us all naked the auditions. Three <laughs> naked auditions. Uh, Flea Market Fantasy up there right now. Micronauts with uh, Miles Watson. We uh, That's up there right yeah. now. You can listen to that. And we recorded last night, uh, what did Mike L. pick? Something stupid, I'm sure. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, oh how can I not uh, remember? Oh, Dreadstar, Dreadstar. Yeah. Dreadstar. That's why I couldn't remember. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, not that great. Chrisstar, now Dreadstar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, hey, Tuffy, uh, we're recording one next week, and then the week after, you would be up for issue 150, the uh, Superman story. Uh, uh, yep, that not, worked. Not this, okay, I'll I'll check in with you before then. But uh, get, get yeah, the ready. week of the twenty seventh. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so get ready. Yep. 
Uh, all right. So, uh, and Tuffy, so you're definitely not here next week. You're out water skiing, right, with the family? Uh, well, next week I'm at my cousin's wedding on Friday night. Oh, cousin's wedding. But it is at the lake. Will you be water skiing? Will the wedding be on water skis? Like just going around the lake? The wedding will be, but I'll be water skiing at some point over the weekend. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. We'll have fun there, Tuffy. Hey, maybe you'll meet a bridesmaid, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it seems unlikely, but I don't know. I guess weirder things have happened. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. Being extra dark. My cousin's also... at least 10 years younger than me, probably like 15 years younger than me. So, Yeah, but all her friends are like, oh, look, who's that lawyer over there? Burn in the dark. Yeah, but they're all going to be like, they all graduated college like a year ago, and I'm 38. <laughs> yeah, but you're a rich older man. <laughs> they're going to say, that guy. who's yeah. that old man the in the corner that burning a dart by himself? <laughs> Just make sure you bring extra NDAs for them to sign. You know, make sure you have a pocket full of NDAs. <laughs> That's what we've learned here tonight. Hey, hey Tuffy, I was yep. looking at Twitter there. I can Brock Lesnar came back full of NDAs. Brock Lesnar oh. showed up on – Yeah. So uh, Brock Lesnar is going to fight Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Oh. Now, they've already wrestled how many times? And you got to have Brock beat him, right? Brock has to beat him. You would think – yeah. Otherwise, I mean, he's just murdering this man might not be the CEO, but uh, he's still writing all the dumb stories. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know what he needs is a space monkey. Yeah, a couple of them space monkeys. <laughs> I think yeah. there's also a movie. Uh, there's a space monkey movie as well, I believe. Um, yeah, we are going to need to find uh, both a Sybil Banning movie and a movie with a monkey in it this year. So, <laughs> yeah, we need to get some competition in the best monkey category. I'm just having one person run away with run away with all the votes. Well, we also give out best monkey in the flea market fantasy or flea market fantasy awards. There, we'll be doing with Tuffy, and uh, I can only think of one monkey in all the issues we did, and it was in Dreadstar. Yeah, that we did last week. You did so, a lot uh, of monkeys that first year, but <laughs> not so much this last 50. <laughs> I don't know. I can only think of one monkey. So, all right. Thanks, Tuffy. Thanks, Jank. Uh, until next time, I guess. Uh, oh, hey, happy birthday to Larry. It's Larry's birthday this week. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, happy birthday to Larry. Mm-hmm. And uh, until next time. Pass the Monchi cheese, Governor Gabby.